Hello, good evening, and welcome to another edition of the Cantina Mekis podcast. In fact, it is edition number 137 here at the Cantina podcast channel live on YouTube. We're live every normally Thursday night. We're back to our Thursday schedule at our usual 9.30-ish central time that we uh, start on. And of course, you can listen to this in our previous editions of the podcast. You can download from our from uh, the uh, podcast center at iTunes, and of course, you can listen to it also on on YouTube as well. You can uh, certainly uh, stream the podcast from there as well. My name is John Chigu. Very happy to have you guys with us this evening. Uh, very happy to have everybody from wherever it is that you're listening to us from all over the world. Uh, thanks for coming on, and we do appreciate that. Uh, we'll be active on the chat locally uh, on YouTube page, and of course, uh, you can always uh, hit us up on the Twitter. We are at Cantina MX underscore Pod, and you can also talk to us on our Facebook page as well. A big, big show to get to tonight. I have a lot of things to cover. Uh, very unfortunate news down in Mexico, which we'll jump into right away, and then we have a. We'll talk a little estufa with uh, the the signings that Cruz Azul is doing in particular. And of course, so we're going to wrap up our, our group coverage with Group H, and Juan Arango is going to join us. Uh, Juan is a uh, journalist based in Miami who uh, is getting ready to do some actually some some commentator work for the World Cup. So we'll ask him about that, and of course we'll ask about Group H, a group that's uh, that's pretty wide open. Although there's probably some uh, the two teams that are in Poland, Colombia, and then uh, Senegal and, and Japan that will probably end up taking the group. But you, I mean, there could be some surprises here. You never know. And then of course we'll wrap it up and talk about the uh, the final that just happened in Mexico, and then we will we might even talk a little bit about the final that's coming up on Saturday between Real Madrid and Liverpool. So pull up a chair, crack open a cold one, and uh, please, uh, we do thank you very much for joining us here on the Cantina Mekis podcast. And uh, let's go ahead and get started. But we can't start without uh, without introducing our panelists. And right now we have with us just one panelist, but 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 frankly, if you, if you ask me, I would say that he is the third strongest panelist we have on the show. And that is uh, Joel Aceves joins us from Orange County, California. Joel, how are you, sir? I'm doing very good, John. There's lots of news coming up this week. There is. And, you know, the biggest news, Joel. We'll be talking about it. Well, we're glad that you're that you're on talking about it with us tonight here on the Cantina MX podcast. The big news to me, Joel, is the the news that Nestor Araujo, uh, unfortunately, who was uh, injured, injured his meniscus at the uh, in the friendly with Croatia at the AT&T Stadium in Arlington on a field that was freshly sodded, so not a uh, the the playing surface wasn't permanently um, natural. And in my opinion, over the past couple of years, uh, the, the defender who uh, has, has has played the, the the has had the strongest performances for Mexico, playing in the Mexican national team shirt and just having a, a, a terrific season with uh, with Santos before the injury uh, is 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 out. He's not going to go. And and I think it was it was almost as much his decision as as everybody else. I mean, he he was before he went down to the. Uh, the Centro de Alto Rendimiento. He was like, I don't know, I don't know if I'm if, if I'm fully recovered enough to to play in a World Cup. And it's, uh, I mean, you know, my hat off to him. I mean, that's you know, he's like Gary Sinise in, in Apollo 13, where he's thinking he's getting ready to go to the moon, and then you know something comes up and he can't go. 
So, Joel, how big a deal is, is this for Mexico? Is, is this a massive deal or is this someone that can be replaceable? And then how, how is the replacement going to happen? I don't know, John. I mean, I think I regard him as the best Mexican defender in Liga MX. It's got to hurt to lose a player of that caliber. And I think, I think it will, it will hurt. I just don't know how much. Well, the question here is, does he jumble or does he just automatically put it, you know, you know, put in the second stringer? I personally believe. No, he knows. I, I think. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I guess. Well, I think just the way he works. I think he he has all he has all of that already. The way Osorio operates, I think you know he he already knows who who would replace who and against and against which opponents as well. Now you know there are some Joel, some some Osorio optimists Joel, who would say that this is exactly One why our best defenders. He has he has been doing it's missing it's. The rotación is a bit is of a concern for, for situations like this. When, when a player goes down and someone has to go in automatically, not automatically, has to step in. The understudy, so to speak, has to step in. Or you bring in somebody. You know, the understudy may not be good enough. You bring in somebody who may not, you know, you know, be, be someone you would have considered for that, but has played the position before, etc. So maybe you plug somebody in, and then you bring in someone, you know, to to, to replace that guy. And I personally believe I think that that's what's going to happen here because I don't think that even on their best days, either Diego Reyes or Hugo Ayala or even Osvaldo Alanis are better central defenders than, than Carlos Sal- Salcedo. So I would uh, put him, you know, keep him on the field and then bring in, you know, someone to play the, the, the right wing back position. And, and to me, the best one that has done it for Mexico is Edson Alvarez. Because he's a great defender, and 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 that position is a position that, that that is very important to Mexico's attack as well. And he actually attacks pretty well. But the most important thing about him is that he defends. So I do think, you know, Carlos Alcelo is a great defender, but his 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 offensive touch is not uh, of the caliber that you need, especially for a tournament like this. I mean, you you need a guy that can make something happen offensively. At, at certain positions, and that's one of them, in my opinion. Not every single time you go down the pitch, but you know, someone that can, you know, he can make some guys miss. He's he's good. He's a good dribbler, and he has a pretty decent shot. And and he he scores goals, and he defends really well. So to me, that that is the you know the fit like a glove change that that uh, that Juan, that Juan Carlos Osorio should uh, should well, em, should embrace. You know, I know he listens Monday. to the show, Joel, So hopefully, yeah, <laughs> hopefully he's taking these these notes down with the blue pen. Either the blue pen, not the red one. Um, but this Monday, he'll have a chance to tinker with the team uh, against Wells at the Los Angeles Rose Bowl. I will be there with fellow panelist Cambia Rayas. That's right. And the, will you there. You're both. You're both. Uh, have you all hooked up? Have you all made your plans uh, as far as? Uh, no, not yet. Who, who has a further drive? Uh, or Orange County or uh, or or Long Beach to to get to the Rose Bowl? Me. No, it's me. It's yeah. it, that would be me. But I would. I'm gonna be in LA on Monday, so Ikusupai. Uh, yeah, hopefully I'll be meeting some of the other guys too from our friendly neighborhood podcast, the uh, the Mexican soccer show. Tom and Riso will be there. Oh, good. And Ivan, hopefully, 
and Seth and I, well, the whole the whole gang. Junior, John Arnold will be there. It is it it, it is like yeah. a reunion. <laughs> well, I'm glad that uh, the, the Rose Bowl is one of my favorite uh, places on earth. I've had a lot of good experiences at the Rose Bowl. So uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm guessing Pointe Bowl, John, right? Well, indeed, but I mean, it's still you know, it, it's it still counts for it just because it's not it's not it's not it's not the beautiful game. I can't have good memories of the Rose Bowl. Uh, well, see, what I love about the Rose Bowl, Joel, is is the location. It's it's just in this, you know, most stadiums are like an industrial park or, you know, kind of out in the middle of nowhere or you know, right next to a freeway where it's just you know, there's just parking lot after parking. You know, just it's it's just there's nothing around, you know, the Rose Bowl has this incredible neighborhood around it. And then again, a golf course as well. But I mean, when we, the first time I went, we drove through this amazing neighborhood. You turn left and there's the Rose Bowl. It's just, it's just so weird. It is. So, yeah. So it's, it's, it's a really fun place. I'm, I'm sure that the, it's a, it'll be a great atmosphere for, for Mexico send off uh, against the, uh, against Wales. So, so well, if, if you were, if you were pulling the strings, then Joel, what, 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 what would you do? Oh man, I mean, it's it, there's not much to choose from, so it's just either keep the team as it is because he, he did call in 28 players, or just right. whoever is doing really good at the moment, you know. Okay, so uh, you're 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 taking the wait and see approach and see how it. Uh... Now they do have three games to shake things out before they can, uh, you know, the, limit down to the twenty. I'm not sure where, where the dates work on that last date. The, the the friendly they have with Denmark. I can't remember if if they're if the twenty three cutoff is before or after that game. But I know that they have at least this one in, in the game with Mexico and down in, in the, at the Estadio Azteca against Scotland to to see what they have as far as getting that ready to go between the what they're doing right now with their friendlies and, and their prep and that first game with Germany, which, I mean, frankly, you need to have, you know, your, you know, it's the absolute best, uh, your absolute best 11 in that game. I mean, you just, you, 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 you cannot not, not, you cannot uh, have anybody other than your best 11. So uh, he's going to have to figure out who his best 11 is going to be before that, uh, that first game on Sunday, uh, the think... 17th. Uh, just knowing how he, the way he is, he, he seems very methodical, and I think he he already has, you know, an idea of, of who he's going to line up. I, I wouldn't be surprised for every team. And and then his alternatives and all that. Right, right. With with the strategy he wants to play, he's probably got it all mapped out. And then if things, suspensions or whatever don't he work He has out, a PowerPoint like, presentation, and yeah. he has how many slides, slides, how many slides and everything. How many slides do you think he has? About like two hundred, yeah. probably. And then, yeah, and then you gotta add some of those. You now, know, do like, you think Osorio is the kind of guy that that would put like just would it just do a straight dissolve from slide to slide, or is he one of those guys that puts those ridiculous yeah, that, uh, that's uh, transitions? Right. Yeah, the transition ones, and and <laughs> somewhere they're like doing something funny. Exactly, and put like sound effects, like for a whoosh when there's a page turn, <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, because yeah, he, you know what, and, and we're joking about it, but this guy sent the national team players, uh, I think he sent them like exercise manuals or, or and then even what to eat, right? 
Yeah, he's been sending them that. He's been sending them. Uh, uh, I wouldn't mind videos that videos to watch. He's 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 been very hands on. So you know, the, the, the reality is, is he's he's had his he's had his twenty three picked a long time ago. He could do that. He he could do that, like the Osorio stuff, and he'll send you like prepackaged meals. Plan, you know what I mean? Right. I would pay for that at least. A month subscription for the JCO workout. So you would, so you'd get the, you get the, the, the videos of, of yeah, DVD, yeah, of exercises that. like the, the dietary tips, <laughs> right? Yeah, a notepad yeah. with red and blue pens. That's right, the notepad with red and blue and pens. Probably some stickers, but I would, I would do that, John. That's interesting, Joel. Um, in addition to to Nestor Araujo not uh, being unavailable for this game, un- unavailable for the World Cup, uh, Mexico will be traveling without uh, without El Capi to uh, to the Rose Bowl. Uh, Rafa Marquez, not only can he not play in this game, he has he has been playing as as Tom pointed out last week uh, with a sponsorless shirt on on, on the pitch. That's that right. Was photographed. He's not. They don't want The sponsors do not want to be associated with. So uh, a very interesting uh, a development with that, and it, uh, I'm just you know I'm, I'm not so sure with 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 uh, with Rafa. I'm, I'm, I don't know if he's. I don't think that he's. I I just don't think that he's going to be playing that much, in my opinion. I think that he's going to be like a second. If, if if by some miracle Mexico's winning one zero in the second half, and there's like a minute said that I see Rafa's coming on and he's going to play, but. Uh, other than that, I just, I, it, it, it just, it just, I just, I just don't see how he could start. He will have his fifth World Cup. He's going right. Who, who is it? Lothar Mateus. Right. And el, el cinco copas. Um, I'm in my second Copa, John. I'm forgetting cinco copas name. Oh, uh, um, Toto Carvajal. And then there was, there, there was somebody yeah, else that, la, la that, that tota, just, that, yeah, that just recently. Uh, Stuff, John. Uh, that just recently had uh, had had made the five World Cups. It was an, I, I, that I didn't uh, that I was really surprised. Like, wow! I didn't realize they had that person had five World Cups too. Yeah. So there's somebody else who we'll have to figure out who that is. Uh, but uh, joining us uh, is uh, is is uh, before we bring Juan on. It looks like uh, Albert Kikis Campa has joined us. Albert, how are you, sir? What's up, everybody? Doing good. So Chikis, uh, I'll ask you. Uh, with this whole Nestor Araujo thing, who who what would be your your back line then, Chiquisa, with n- n- knowing that that Nestor is out? Oh, you you uh, you, you mentioned the four. Uh, what was it, Moreno, uh, Alvarez on the right, and then uh, Salcedo on the on the left. Like you, is that? I think that's what you said, right? Uh, yeah, that's what I exactly what I said that earlier in the week. Where Layun's playing the left back, and then you have Moreno and, uh, and Salcedo playing as the central defenders, and then you have uh, Edson Alvarez playing over on the. Yeah, that's I like that. Over. I mean, I, I just like I just have to think that 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 Edson Alvarez brings more to the team than like a Ayala or Osvaldo Alanis playing, in my opinion. And 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 if that's the case, then you got you got to make the the move well, to accommodate him on the field. I would say though, on the offense, like we were talking about as well, the. Uh... The central, the center back 
bring getting into the offense. I think Royala does do that a little bit better, and he does. Yeah, but, you don't, but you don't want him. You don't want him to do that. That's how Mexico got in trouble against Germany in the, in the yep. yeah, that's true. Fed Cup. That's true as well. <laughs> that's the lesson. Now we have sent our invite to uh, to uh, Juan Arango, who hopefully will be joining us here shortly, and we will be talking uh, group group H, group H in the world. Colombia. It's uh, uh, Polonia, Senegal, Colombia, and Japan. You know, I was just thinking right now, John. Uh oh. You know, thinking Colombia, not. Don't I know, I know how, <laughs> I know how JCO could win over the Mexico fans. How's that? It, it would just take him, win or lose, it would just take him one post-match conference. He needs to talk like the narcos from, uh, from the series. <laughs> and if he calls, he'll call the periodistas maricas or, you know, he, he just that, like gangster talk. Right. He, he'll, He'll win everyone over. <laughs> <laughs> He's just got to go hard, you know, talk some smack, but, but gotta, use, but, but gotta, use that slang. You got to watch the tape. He's got to watch that. <laughs> He's got to watch the tape and analyze it and then uh, figure out his strategy to do the, uh, to talk. Hey, what are you talking about? Oh, to talk about Yeah. <laughs> it should come natural to him, but you know, John, that would, he would be up there with Bioho for his celebrations. Yeah, I mean, it was just like when uh, when when uh, Sven won his first match. It was at the Estadio Azteca, and he you know, he went up to the po- to the to the podium and said it was estaba muy uh, poca madre. You know. Just, uh... <laughs> well, Aguirre, Aguirre was that's one of the things where the the media, you know, even when he's doing bad, they don't go hard after him. Just the way he he talks to the. To the reporters, you know. Well, I mean, he talks to them like you know they don't. I mean, that that's the one thing that I always have a hard time with coaches is that uh, they and understand it was so. I mean, they they you know most most of them don't ever say anything, but but, but they master not saying anything in about in about thirty thirty to forty seconds of just absolute just you know earwash of, of just nothing. And and this and they I mean they they rarely get into. That's to be that way. He's very, very detailed. And then what he says, but it just, it just, it just, there's nothing there. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just a bunch of. I mean, I'm not saying that there's nothing there in in in, in what he's saying. I mean, they, I mean, he obviously knows what he's talking about, but it's never answering the question. And that, that's you know most coaches do that. They will you know go on and on and on about something, and then never ever. Answer the question. Joel, are you riding the bus home? No, why? Um, oh, there should be no noise. Wait, what are you hearing? I'm, I'm hearing some. I heard like a like a big buzz going across, like like it was. Yeah. Like I a, think it's my laptop that it's it's overheating. It's pretty hot in here. I think because Ron joined us, and uh, he hadn't been here in a while. Now normally I would play, you know, Ron has his own his own piece on, but but he's been so sad and dejected with his with his with his Cuba Medipa last couple of weeks that had to play oh, man. the sad music for, for, for Mr. Ron Luna who joins us from Philadelphia. How are you, sir? Actually, I'm not that sad. Well, you—I you, mean, it was—it you know. was very pragmatic. You—you—you you, you said and had and maintained your position throughout the entire season. This is a semifinal team, not going to get any further than that. 
I knew it. So I was like, I knew it from the. the I, I knew that they didn't have the the team to win the championship. And uh, and and that's exactly what they didn't do. Mm-hmm. Is 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 win the championship. So yeah, but I but I also did say I also did say that if VAR was uh, was implemented, they'd reach the finals. <laughs> you know, so. But yeah, no, I said like I said I wasn't mad. I, I knew that they weren't going to win it. You know, from from day one. I think, you know, they, they've been a consistent semifinalist for what the last what five, six, seven years, something like that. So, uh, I well, I mean, with the exception of one season that they didn't make it, and I think that was what was uh, La Volpe, if I'm not mistaken. It wouldn't surprise me. Well, I mean, a lot of that was because of. Uh... Yeah, the fallout with uh, Johnny Luis and Pelais and them. Right. And well, not just that, but uh, you know the, the fact that Ricardo Pelais kind of helped get rid of some bad habits that, that America had, and and you know kind of built the foundation. And it's you know the fact that it's still paying dividends today is uh, really a testament to, to to what he was able to do. Yeah, but I, I I'd like to start seeing Baños and and. Excuse me. Sorry, Tom. It's just uh, I'm drinking that, you know, mineral water. Uh, now, the, uh, I'd like to see Piojo and, and, and Banos building up another team, you know? Uh, that's what I'd like to see for this upcoming offseason. And how do you feel about uh, them going after the uh, the, the, the Dutchman that they're, that they're just desperate the, to get? The Juke, uh, Long Duck Dong or something like that? The young. No, I'm sorry. That, that, that's the, that's a different. That's a <laughs> sixteen candles. Long duck dong. One of my favorite movies. I know. Yeah. No, uh, yeah. I, you know what? You know how long has uh, Menes been in, in Mexico? He's been in there. What about six? Uh, about less than six months. Six months yeah, yeah. A, he just he just was there since uh, since February. But wasn't he injured at first? He got injured, but then you know he he just like the, during the playoffs, man, he was gassing out. So I mean, these guys are going from like literally, you know, the lowlands, you know, below sea level almost over there. Yeah. So it's I don't expect if they do hire the Dutchman, I don't expect instant results, and and I and I would give them time to adjust because, you know, it's it's tough, it's tough to adjust. Well, other than that, Ron, is uh, would you would you agree with uh, with 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 the trash talking Wadita when she tells you Club America, they suck. Mm, certain players do. Certain players had no business being on that team. You know, right? Which which to me, it's funny. Uh, you know, seeing what's his name, Osvaldito, you know, win with Santos. For him, for me, Aguilar and, and Osvaldito should have, should have never gone, should have never left the team. You know, and and I think you know that's going to well, I mean, obviously you know Osvaldito went with Santos and and <clears throat> the other you know the pair wine Aguilar with uh you know with now with Cruz Azul. Who else is at Cruz Azul, um, John? Right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. another um, America guy. Ricardo, uh, you're talking about Ricardo Palares? Oh, yeah. 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 yeah he, uh, has, 
is starting to use the same uh, the same blueprint that he used at America. Hey, hey Ron, I'm seeing some of that Russell. Because I know, I know America gave it to Cruz Azul for the past 10 years. Always beating them and humiliating them. Yeah. But they have Pelayas now. Oh, and, they're, and, and they're going back to the Azteca. Yeah. yeah I'm not going to be surprised if some of the results start swinging their way. Well, <laughs> yeah, but remember, remember, uh, you know what? When they were, when they did it back in the day in the seventies, you know Cruz Azul, you know basically went in there and like I, I, if you can imagine, you know the that scene in in Chappelle where you know messes up in their couch. I mean that's what Cruz Azul did, man, to to America. I mean they took ownership of this thing during the seventies. It's crazy. couch. Yeah, your couch. Oh man. Now you know we've 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 made a lot of fun of Cruz Azul's uh, misery over the, uh, since we've been on this podcast. I mean, just I mean, I, I don't have this many drops for any for any team. We have y la Cruz Azulio. We have that, and then of course we have the ladies. We have the ladies. We have Lady no Samantha. And we have Lady Máquina. And then we have. I'm afraid I just blew myself. So the, it has been miserable for Cruz Azul fans for the past. What well, twenty years, I guess, at this point. But I mean, but just lately, it's just it's just been incredibly rough. I mean, I guess you know the other standard, Ron. We just we you know we played it for Ron, but we can play it for for Cruz Azul too. I mean, that's just that's for Jason. Yeah, for my Yes. <laughs> so, do you think the tide? You think the tide is finally turning? Then, uh, uh, Joel, for 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 Cruz Azul. I do, man. They got the right man for the job. You know, former Americanista, someone knows how to, you know, fire with fire, man. And and even though he's Americanista, I would have welcomed him at at my goats. With a, with open arms, right? Yes, we got the giraffe. I would trade for that. Without due respect, seems he seems like a good dude, but. And you know what? This Belias man, you can see how good he is at negotiating. Uh, the Mexican press has been gushing over him. Just the transfers that uh, Cruz Azul has been getting compared to other years where Cruz Azul would bring in players two, three weeks into the season, you know? It's not just or, that, but complete unknowns, too. Yeah, or injured like Roque Santa Cruz, who, who was supposed to be a, a good could you know he's he's a well known player, and he just came in to I don't know what he what he did. He, I don't know if well, he played like know, three Roque games. Santa Cruz after a while became broken Santa Cruz. I mean, he just, I mean <laughs> yeah. he, the poor guy just was like you said. He just he couldn't he he couldn't stay healthy, and it was like that for like the last four or five years of his of his career. You know, one of the things that that I kind of have to commend you know relies with, and you could you could really see this when he was with Picante. He didn't. He didn't cave to the Americanistas, you know, when they were on the show. <clears throat> you know, like you know, uh, you know, Cuauhtémoc or, or Reynoso or even uh, El Negro Santo. You know, it's well, he was actually on the show, but you know, Santo threw him a lot of dirt, and it's like he didn't care. He knew, he he had a job to do, and he was going to do it. And 
No, but if he if he takes that same attitude, you know, with Cruz Azul, I think he'll do fine. I think he'll be okay. I mean, just just the players that they signed that young kid from from uh, from Nagaxa. They uh, they just signed somebody else today from uh, from Atlas. I mean, they've they've been picking up, uh, you know, again solid Liga MX players, which is what uh, Belaez did when 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 he started turning around Blue Americans instead of. And you know, as Ron put it, or even and, and both Ron and Hoyle, that just instead of going after those, uh, excuse me, thank God for turning microphones off. Y'all didn't have to hear any of that. Oh. But uh, <laughs> but uh, he he has he he goes after players that he knows have already proven themselves in Liga and Mekis instead of you know you know getting some guy who might be a big name somewhere but could come in and just and just not. Jive at all with with any of of, of the, even just living in Mexico, and uh, you know, and obviously, it obviously is going to has you know paid off for him in America, and, and I don't see any reason why it's not going to start paying off almost you know pretty quickly for for Cruz Azul. I mean, are they going to win any, any kind of title in it? And you know, when the next season with Wayne Liga Mekis says, who knows? There's no reason to think why it couldn't happen. I, I think one of the things that's going to happen right you know from the from the onset is that. Uh, Nobody, nobody trusts you know Billy Alvarez, you know especially the press, and it doesn't matter the coach that they bring. But I think with Belize, I think it gives them a, a little bit of uh, credibility, you know, um, at least for at least at least for a year. I think I think I think the press is not going to be as tough with Cusasol, uh <clears throat> because they know how you know what what type of you know person Belize is, and you know the. That, you know, they know that he didn't turn things around, you know, from one day to another with America, but he put a he, he laid a foundation, and I think, I think that, uh, I think they're going to win a championship with Belize. And I yeah. wouldn't be surprised, you know, Belize it took him three, it took him three, three uh, seasons. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do it in the second but, one. But championship? Do you mean Copa MX? No, no, they already did that. That's <laughs> just messing with you. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they, they've won Copa Mex and they've won uh, was it Concacaf? Yeah, they did. That, that yeah. was their last title, the Concacaf, and it was Tena. Uh, yeah, Tena kind of got it. But yeah, I could see them. Me and me and Yon, we had them as winning the title. Boy, were we wrong? That's they were our favorites. Um, they they you know I was expecting them to do what 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 Santos did, you know. To have that run, but it ended up being Santos. Uh, a quick update on Juan Arango. We're, we're efforting. He's having uh, uh, his his app seems to be crashing on us, so he's, he's he's trying to join us. So I know he wants. Yeah, on Chivas TV. It's well, I don't know. I don't know. Do you, uh, I'm hoping Juan is using something a little stronger. I, I would assume he is. Hopefully, hopefully he is. But he'll he'll be on here. He'll be on here shortly. Hopefully. Otherwise, we'll have to get uh, we'll have to get Chiquis to uh, to help him out. Oh know. yeah. Yeah, we got our technical technical director. That's right. Um, sorry, sorry about that. Hey. No, no, this this was important news. Um, yeah, just forgot this this Chimay stuff you got me, John. It's it's wonderful, man. No, it was uh, it was news about mom. Chivas. Was it about the fact that they uh, that they oh, have said that they've paid the players? <laughs> 
Chivas, it, it's sad. The whole what's going on at Chivas is pretty sad, man. It's, you know, you think they're a mid-table, low-level team. They, you know, no money and they have to sell their assets and all that stuff. It's pretty bad. Um, but you, but so, you said that this, this, it's not like this is old news, like like something. No, new. no, it's not. It's, it's not it happened before. Well, I think it's been going on since maybe the '60s or '70s, where they just started milking it. You know, right? It was the goose with the golden eggs, but they just forgot to feed it. Um, you know, and that was a a big takeaway from the conversation we had with. Uh, with with Tom Marshall last week uh, here at the Cantina Mackey's podcast about Liga Mackey's and that, 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 that that's a really good analogy uh, or uh, the analogy Joel said that they're they're forgetting to feed it. And yes. It seems like the Liga Mackey's <clears throat> owners are forgetting to feed Liga Mackey's. They are man, but um, I think and you know and and then Tommy he said he said that Santos is one of the best run teams, you know. I think uh, I think just the way they've been operated, how they've they've done their stadium and 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 then youth development and everything, the amount of titles they win, like the time that goes between titles, it's also been impressive. But it's not just that. I mean, he said it was you know one of the things that he said was is that you know that 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 team more than any other that he'd been around Liga Mekis just just has the pulse on what is happening in, in the sport. Not just in Mexico, but around the world, just worldwide. They're, they're just they're they're totally uh, tuned into what's happening in the in the in the, uh, in the world of uh, of soccer. And uh, you know, it would be it would it would be sad for me to 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 keep talking uh, Santos the the way the yeah. way we that we are right now, we are right now if we don't introduce <laughs> the man who, who who enjoyed watching his his Santos win the sixth title. Hopefully, he'll be able to speak because I know he's a little under the weather. Uh, Daniel Preciado joins us from Escondido. Daniel, how are you, sir? Um, yeah, thanks for prefacing that. Um, yeah, um, I've, I'm, <coughs> I'm getting a little bit better, but uh, yeah, clearly still uh, not 100%. Yeah. Are, you, um, uh, are you at least able to chug down some hot toddies? No, not quite yet, man. Not quite yet. It's, mm. been, it's been rough. Um, I, I, I wish. I wish I could drink some alcohol. Yeah, what about like some, right honey, now, some hot honey and a little bourbon just like mixed in like a little shot glass? Are you able to do that? I'll, I'll try it. I'll try it. I think it's worth a try. I think so. Well, well, uh, Daniel, uh, glad, glad you're able to make it. I know that uh, you are a little under the weather, so if you really need to step off, <clears> we don't want to get what you got. No, no. Um, but uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm uh, obviously extremely happy, uh, proud of, of the team, but I saw signs of this uh, in the Liguilla. Um, obviously, I think earlier in the season, I, I my concerns were pretty clear. Losing Janini and losing Nestor definitely uh, derailed the momentum that they had uh, throughout the season. So, yeah, they they ended on a really sour note on the regular season. But the last couple games, even though they they didn't get really great results, the um, it seemed a little bit unlucky, meaning like like they played well, they just didn't get the results. So I I, I was feeling somewhat positive about the Liga, and uh, but throughout the Liga, I thought it was just odd, and I thought it was clear that maybe people hadn't watched as much as Santos as as I had, just because of the the, the notion that these that the that they were clear underdogs, and all three of those series was just absurd. 
Um, line by line, um, if those starting, if the if, if it's a healthy starting eleven for that Santos had, um, I don't see how anybody can claim that they're clearly better. Um, if you go line by line, um, maybe there's not an, an extreme star power, but we had the top goal scorer, so he may not be a star, but he's knocking in goals more than anybody else. So, um, and then you have, and then you throw in the experience in the midfield with uh, with Gallito and and. Um, and Osvaldito, uh, you have the starting center back. Um, you know, and then uh, you have a really good uh, center back who's been uh, the captain of the team in the Izquierdos. It's not that hard to, to figure out. You have young uh, fullbacks that are kind of deep. Uh, they got two, three deep um, in, in, in a fullback uh, at Santos. Uh, the there was Artiaga and Sanchez that were that were starting um, at different points throughout the season, even last season. And then this season, um, you have someone like Angulo, who's now like already being touted as being a, a potential for the national team now. So <clears throat> they have players, and they have a, a decent amount of depth. So to me, it was just not you clearly. They clearly thought Sambu was was something um, like that could be unmatched, I guess. Which I just didn't see that being the case. And and then how the team continually. Um, was able to come back. That also tells me about the mental makeup of the team that they don't get down when they're when they're down. They they ha- they trust themselves. Um, they trust each other that they that they could that they could pull it back and then get back in the game. And and they did that um, a couple times. So yeah, the the I, I felt the team was mentally strong. They really are. They all buy into each other, and they have the talent. So the the championship shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. And I, I guess I was a little bit or perturbed of how they kept referring to them as underdogs when maybe going into that first uh, first leg, that first one against Tigres, I can understand it because of how poorly they played. But when they showed those signs that they kind of uh, righted the ship, at that point, it's I, I, it was a coin toss with uh, against against America. And it was a coin toss uh, with, with Toluca. I think we're, we're, I was expecting Toluca. They're known sort of for their defense. Uh, I don't think that's the case anymore, and at least in this team, and that that I think sort of uh, <coughs> affected things. But uh, but I think the, in the first leg, well, when the great you talk about the mental, Arduenas retires. I mean, he's he's a hard guy to replace. Yeah, the mental aspect of Santos coming back is is sort of true, um, but it seems like in most in most games when a team goes down one zero, the immediate they immediately react and they try to pressure, and that's what Santos did real well. And I think uh, Talavera screwed up. Talavera, Talavera made a huge mistake, and the things just shifted. So a lot of the, a lot of it. Uh, and see, that's a good point that you that you make. You know, a lot of it is a mistake driven, but that's how that's how championships are decided. Who makes the least amount of mistakes? I mean, in football, I think there's a there's a huge correlation with turnovers. Like whoever loses the turnover battle tends to lose the game. Um, I think uh, in these types of instances is where. If your goal cup, if if you get a a cheap goal that you probably shouldn't have gotten, that's a mistake on their end. Uh, but you have to be good enough to take advantage of those of those chances. Yeah, I, I I can sort of accept mistakes like on the defense, like a bad pass or or mistakes like that. But when a goalkeeper comes out way way too early and on that far of a, I don't I don't see what he was th- what will he was thinking on coming out on that on that ball, but. And that's supposed to be a strong, uh, a strong suit. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, it was definitely the uh, the, the play that turned uh, that turned the final. Now, now, Dan, are you worried about? Yeah, as you mentioned, that Santos has a, a lot of talented players. Uh, how many of those are they going to be able to uh, keep their keep their hands on between now um, and, and July twentieth when the season? I'm not off? confident that the team is going to stay intact. <laughs> no, um, but you know what? It shouldn't be. Um, I, I'm kind of of the opinion that. Uh, you, you can't you can't depend on that same group to 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 win and win and win and win and win. So um, I'm okay with them uh, moving forward and and making changes because you know that it's the reality of the sport. Um, my team's position and in, in, in the hierarchy of, of wages and money, um, they're going to have to sell players, um, and that's fine. Let them let them cash in on uh, big on on somebody. And then hopefully their 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 scouting continues to 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 pay off, and then they'll have someone that that can replace them. Um, it's just a it's just a reality. So I mean, I'm expecting to lose Giannini. Um, I'm a, um, I'm hoping Furch stays just because he's finally found his form with uh, with the team. Uh, so it'd be kind of a pity to see him leave. Giannini's been with the team for quite some time, so it, it wouldn't shock me to see him go. Um, but uh, did, other did guys like. Did you do the full furch when, when he scored the goal? And... I tried to in my limited voice at the time because I was actually a lot worse off over the weekend. So I was I just clapped really hard. Oh, so, <laughs> so when Santos scores, you're like... <sighs> yeah. I was like, oh, I was like, goal, goal. And I just clapped really hard. That kind of bothered me too. It, it, it depressed me a little. I'm like, I couldn't even scream it as much as I wanted to. Uh, so, so right uh, now you can't you, yeah. you can't paint your boys you can't paint your boys face with the with the green white stripes because because he's got the same affliction you have right now too, doesn't he? My little one uh, is over it. I got it way worse than he did. He was, really? He was symptomatic for three days. I've been symptomatic for a week, and it's been a really, 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 really long week. Yeah. I finally I finally saw like um, I yeah man I actually went to the emergency room. It was so bad. Yikes. Um, so, uh, but yeah, it's, um, luckily it's just um, just a pain that I have to deal with. Imagine how crappy you would have felt if you would have watched Santos lose and have to go through that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah no, an absolutely that dulled the pain for sure, man. Um, I'm 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 ecstatic. I mean, the the fact that they're um, quietly creeping up on on everybody as time passes, it's it's nice to like now they they. They kind of force themselves into into those silly conversations of where where their place is, and um, I mean I I just know like what their place is. I don't know where their place is. I just know that that in modern times, since on short uh, short seasons, there ain't too many teams that are better, if any. So and I, I could I that's good enough for me. We don't have to be a grande. We just just being the most successful is plenty good. <laughs> well, that's. Uh, I mean, it's it's not uh, something that uh, can, can certainly be uh, unvalidated because uh, we, we've talked about Santos as, as one of the teams that has been consistently very decent for you know pretty much as long as they've been in, in the league. Now they did they did. Uh, 
they're one of those clubs that that that, that, that were were formed and they were like in the third division. They were the same, and then they had a chance to buy a team when they bought Angeles and they became Santos back in uh, nineteen. I want to say that was nineteen eighty eight, but they 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 won. Uh, I mean, it was, but they ended up winning a, a title uh, or, or awfully close to one, like in ninety two ninety three, if I'm not mistaken. Santos did so. Yeah, and I think their first actual one came in '96. Right, it was like the, one of the first uh, short season championships. If I, if if I'm not mistaken, yeah. So, uh, and 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 ever since, since so so it's, it's so they've won six short season championships. Santos. I guess they oh, average yeah. one every five years. I guess someone did the math. Um, it's every five no, years. So, so the yeah. Santos comet. Comes around about about twice as often as as, as the Chivas comet. Is, is what that sounds um, like. And and over the last three, they they they've been uh, every three years. So they're trying to shorten that duration. Wow, wow, that's uh, that is uh, that no, that seriously, that, that that's uh, Santos to me is, is is one of the teams. Um, I mean, even beforehand now. Ron, am I am I mistaken, or, or was Santos at one point were they owned by the Cerveceria Modelo? They were financed by them. They weren't owned by them. And I'm guessing that they still have some, maybe not an official relationship, but they probably still have some sort of because I mean the stadium is the the Territorio Santos Modelo. Yeah, yeah, they were they were they were basically administered by them. It was basically a uh, it was a patronato, if you will. It was an ownership group, and but then they decided to get out of it. And uh, Carlos Almada, uh, the uh, RG Mexican uh, 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 wannabe politician, the guy he got caught for corruption and stuff like that, he he had he had a little bit of the team for a while, but then he couldn't. He, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think that the, the, the federation took the club away from him because you know of the immoral character. I think you know they have that clause. And for a while, they were they were close to being relegated, and a couple, you know, uh, people from the Modelo Group and stuff like that, and even from the from the people associated with Televisa. Because if you look at the the, own, the ownership group and some of the, the 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 owners that they've had, you see names like Cañedo, you see names like uh, White, and 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 stuff like that. So they have close they've had close ties with Modelo. The Banamex, uh, and, and and from them. Okay, and that's one of the reasons why you know they were able to get their stadium done, and and, and the cat that runs them now uh, is he a? Uh, 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 I want to pronounce his name wrong. Is it Iri 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 Dagori? Yeah, yeah. Was yeah. he a former uh, uh, principal in 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 the Modelo Group? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure his family how, how far back he's. His uh, family goes into football. I'm not sure. I've never really done the research with him. Uh, all I know about him is that you know he wears a plastic construction. He, he wears hat. he wears construction hats that you don't approve of. Yeah, because they look like cowboy hats. <laughs> oh, he wears the, <laughs> the, 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 the cowboy hard hat. I, uh, yeah, those I can, are valid I can, reasons I, to hate someone. I, I cannot no, take a guy serious like that. that. If I was like in another position, I probably wouldn't like him either. You know, it's like, what the hell? If, but anyhow, if, if he had a French influence, would you have been okay, Ron, with a, with a, with a, with a, with the beret hard hat? No, <laughs> that would be worse. <laughs> <laughs> See, no, but, that's where I differ. I think that would be even better. 
Or like one of those, like those English English cab driver little little caps, like those little ones that had a little snap on the front, you know, hard hat. Like I'm that. also expressing what I, if you want to express yourself, ma'am, you do it. But 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 and it's not like you know, Hoyle uh, said that I was uh, a little salty, you know, with Santos winning and stuff like that. Not that I'm salty because, you know, back back in the day with Santos, I mean, they had players like Galindo, Borghetti. You know, Ramirez. You had to question how they were able to afford those type of players. You know, you know, you know. Like for example, like Necaxa back in their heyday in the '90s. Obviously, you know that they were financed by Televisa. But when you looked at the fan base and all that, it's like, dude, there's no way that they they could afford. Ron, have you seen have you seen the size of Kawamas and then how many Kawamas are sold? (laughs) They're pretty big. There you go. No, but, is it is no, it really no, but, is it really is it really worth the worth the worth the the the, the tinfoil hatting here? I mean, no, can't tell no, me you no, don't no. They, 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 they cleaned up, they've cleaned up the, they've cleaned up their organization. Obviously, when you well, I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking like like they they could easily have afforded and had those guys. You know, you know Santos. Yeah. That's really interesting to me that how many ex Santos players end up at at, at at America and end up having really decent careers. Peralta. They even they uh, even the prefer uh, 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 Paul, 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 Aguilar. Paul Aguilar. Paul Aguilar was from Pachuca. He came from. Pachuca. I thought he came from Santos. Uh-uh. It was Pachuca. Oh, I thought it was Santos for some reason. No. Some players, after experiencing both clubs, actually prefer uh, Santos. Surprisingly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know Darwin. You know being one of them. Yeah, well, Darwin went and lived out in, in Ciudad Satélite, and, you know, and, and then it takes like three hours to get to the Estadio Azteca. It's because, you know, you know, Villacuapa, you know, who, who wants, you know, I mean, honestly, who wants to live in Villacuapa? Yeah. So I, I can certainly uh, understand. Darwin's actually having a really good season for his MLS team up in uh, Minnesota. Minnesota United, the Loons. I want to say he's up to either three or four goals for them already for uh, – for Darwin, Joel, have you had a chance to uh, to go catch uh, the LAFC team in, at their new stadium? Not yet, John. It's on the agenda. Yeah, I heard they they're already sold out for the next Clásico del Tráfico, which they will be hosting at the Bank of California. Why don't they play that at the Rose Bowl or at the Coliseum? I think you know what I I think I said I think actually I haven't thought. But now that you bring it up, I do believe that will be that will probably be a venue if if, if that rivalry eventually like becomes big, I could see them playing the games there. Well, what they would do is that they'd have a home one, and then they'd have you know they they each have their home and home because I mean you can't give that away, give, take that away from the fans that game. Yeah. But then yeah. they, they always have like they I think right now in MLS they play three a year. So on the th- and the third one you go play at the Rose Bowl. You can John, yes. Yeah, that would I mean right now I think they would easily they could easily put about fifty K, you know? I think minimum. Right. It's not bad. I mean Rose Bowl holds what about a ninety or a hundred? Ninety two. Yeah. So I mean I I do think they could maybe get around sixty and then if it ever becomes a big thing sell it out because they're bringing in the names 
they they got the players there, you know. I, and I'm and I've been telling you, John, after the World Cup, I think that we might see one or two more Mexican internationals in in uh, in either of those two teams. I would have to agree with you, Hoyle, because you know some of the uh, some of the players that are considered the golden generation. I think they're going to be on their way out of the national team just for this upcoming cycle after you know twenty twenty eighteen. And I think they're going to yeah. try to cash. I think they will try to cash in in, in MLS. Yeah, yeah, like Guardado, <laughs> you know, even Ochoa. I really doubt Ochoa. I, I think Ochoa is a, he's a keeper, man. Those guys can go to like you know, you know. Yeah, but does he still want to be in Belgium? I mean, he's he's looking at his Mexi bros. He's seen he's seen Gio and he likes living he likes living in Belgium. He's gonna play Champions League next year. I think he wants to play with a big club, you know, like you know, like he's the not. type of club. Oh yeah, no, he's not. Well, either way, he's play, he's gonna play in the Champions League next year. Yeah, he's has, he's never played it, right? No. I could see him staying yeah, just for that. Somehow, somehow Ahacho never made it to the Champions League. Somehow. Yeah. Or bit. I mean, Nelson, but who's the other one? Who was the Who's the other team? They had the Cameroonian guy. Oh, that was uh, Malaga. Yeah, with with a coincidentally, their goalkeeper coach also happened to be Cameroonian. Um, yeah. But yeah, oh, I could see him staying for that just because he seems, you know. As the type of person he is, but I mean, now do you think do you think Ochoa starts in the World Cup? Yeah, he's. Oh, he's yeah. I think he's playing all three games. He was named by the by either the fans or by the I think it was the fans in Liège as as the Player of the Year for for uh, for, for their team. And at, at Standard Liège this year, so he obviously had a. A season that was good enough. But to, they finished second, John. They finished second. They finished second, and which means that they don't they don't go to the Champions League directly, but they go to like to like the last of the of the play-ins, the third round of the playoff. So they play what some La Liga team, and then exactly they'll play. Eliminated. Well, I don't know about you know, the, or they'll play like the Bulgarian team, you know. Okay, well then they'll have a chance. Yeah. So exactly, yeah. But if they end up playing like Chelsea or whatever, then they, they they'll probably be toast. Although I think that the, the, that they would never they, they would play a team that plays into it, so those teams would never play into it. So they should get a, a reasonably accessible uh, match. A quick update on Juan. Apparently Juan's uh, app, the the Hangouts app on his phone, keeps crashing every time he every time he tries to get into the call. Oh man! I got a, I got a phone line if he wants to, or the, the same phone lines we have if he wants to call in. Oof! I mean, I guess I guess we could do it that way. Just it's just it's just hard to hear. Either way. Yeah. Yeah, it is hard to hear. Oh really? Yeah, so, yeah, I prefer to have, hopefully Juan. And if it doesn't happen this week, then we'll have Juan on next week. So we yeah. don't get Juan on. I mean, we we still have uh, a couple of weeks before the. Uh, yeah. Before the uh, before the World Cup starts, yeah. But it's Ochoa. But you know, outside of Ochoa and Chicharito, I mean, is there and 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 hearing the news today, I don't know how how true it is that the, that the LA Galaxy are 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 putting uh, the Dos Santos brothers on the lista de transferibles. What? <laughs> at least for the uh, for the summer window. I don't know if that's true or not. Oh, man, those tragos, brothers. They must be partying too much. I don't know. That seems weird, you know. And and they're both seleccionados. You know, they're both going to be at the World Cup. Yeah, MLS is uh, getting savvy to what's going on, man. And I think uh, Joel's optimism 
No, I think we would need to talk to like someone that follows the galaxy regularly to see just how they're playing because when Gio first came, he was he was on fire, man. Every game, if he, if, he didn't, if he didn't score, he would set up an assist or two. And so, like, maybe the first few months, he was he was something else, and then he just disappeared all of a sudden. He, you know, the, the Thanos snap happened. And I would like to see Giovanni's level of play before and after his brother came. You know, to see if there, if there's. I think he's of... been poor since uh, before he got there. Yeah, so do I. I don't, I don't see the on fire so... you're talking about. Hold on. <laughs> no, no. When he first arrived, well, he was. Yeah, yeah. When he first arrived, he, he, yeah, no, he's right. Well, is right. He did. Always do, but, then, but then he kind of fell flat and hasn't really um, gotten back to that since. Um, so his form hasn't really changed since his brother arrived. He's just been poor. Um, <laughs> having said that, I still have faith in him. That if, um, I don't um, taking it to Russia. I still, I still believe that he may have something left, that uh, a bit of magic left in him. That I wouldn't mind seeing him maybe put in as a sub at some point, or uh, just play in certain games. Uh, yeah, honestly, if Mexico needed a goal, I would much rather have Giovanni come off the bench than than giving him that. Yeah. So, like, I don't. I mean, it's not. It's not the the ideal situation, you know. Um, that you know, but the other the the other options aren't that great. Uh, now, one player who. Oh, go ahead, Chikis. Go ahead, Chikis. Yeah, real quick. I think Vela had a had a more impressive start than Giovanni. Vela's start and his goals. Almost, Vela's Vela's doing exactly what you're supposed to do going to the MLS. If yeah, that's, that's as a star. Like he's legit playing like a star. Yep. So good for him. And I think the other players like uh, Ochoa and uh, Guardado, the other players in Europe, some of them may eventually go to MLS, but I think there's still a mentality of the reality that MLS is a step down. And even though there's comfort and money, the desire to be in Europe and compete with the best is still in the minds of a lot of these, I would say, mentally strong players and the rest of them. You know, like in it wouldn't surprise me at all to see uh, Chicharito go uh, playing in Spain next year. Yep. In fact, it wouldn't surprise. And if he has a decent World Cup, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see him go to because uh, I think I think Valencia is back in the, in the Champions League to, to go to a team like that. But if he has a so-so or uh, an, uh, an average, I think he'll still go to Spain. But he'd go to a team like like Guardado to go to Betis, which is okay because I mean they're going to be playing in the. Uh, in the, in the Europa League, so he'll get you know some extra games and things like that. But but I I personally believe that it, when when Chicharito comes back, I believe that he comes back and goes to Mexico before he goes to MLS. It's just my personal. Goes to where Mexico? Because, yeah, I think goes yeah, to Chivas, right? I think, I think he would I think he would go to Chivas before he'd go anywhere else. Yeah, I agree with that. Hey, can I interrupt, guys? No, you may not. <laughs> okay, Cuauhtémoc uh, Blanco. <laughs> he's uh, tweeting. You know, you know, obviously he's in, he's in politics now. He's running for state governor of Morelos. Well. He's got the hashtag, you know, Juntos Haremos Historia. And you can see some of the responses like, Historia existe en el Pirata Fuentes. Aquella tarde nublada cuando el semejante vergazo a medio boche me bajaban las agallas a Pai Telson. So, oh, man. If you guys start That's talking about like So, so at, at both ends of, of that altercation. Hey, you, know, you know what, Ron? This upsets me a bit. I must say it. If, if you've seen uh, some of the replies Fytelson gets, yeah, 
man, they're downright poetic. They are, dude. So ingenious. But then, but then take, you take, take take the noble take the noble <laughs> away from Octavio Paz and give it to those to, to like a tío putazo. Well, you know, maybe, maybe maybe it's one of these one of these bots. It's just like a little ad lib where they just have this you know this gigantic list of I don't know, okay, man. You know, of, of synonyms with with. Uh, with no, I agree that some of those are are very creative. No, it is like for, for example, the one you know, like he, he's talking about the Champions League in, in, in the Ukraine, Kiev, and like the response is Kiev ergaso le diste. Also, how they refer to to Cuauhtémoc, you know, they they have different names. So one of my favorite is El Domador, El Domador de um, Montijo or something. Yeah. You know, and, and, and the cool thing about it is, is, is that Feitelson has embraced him. Yeah, yeah. You know, he, he, he finally, you know, instead of fighting it, he finally, you know, he's, he's become part of the gag, which I think is fantastic. I mean, as a, I mean, as a person, you know, a person like that, why wouldn't you want to, you know, become part of it? Just that picture that he took was just, that's, you know, with, with yeah. wow, was outstanding. You know, you know right. but then, and you see all that creativity. But then, dude, what happens at the national team level? All we have is that corner kick chan and, <laughs> we're limited to like three chants. But, yeah. but, but this, dude, it's on a daily. Yeah. With different stuff, you will find something different every day. Yeah. Well, and that's why I'm starting to go to Kotomo's, uh, uh, his Twitter handle because his stuff, some of his stuff is just as hilarious. It's like, yeah. <laughs> well, well Chiquis, Chiquis was at a game, uh, very recently down at the Stadium. Stick a Chiki out. How poetic were the fans being at the game or the, 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 that you went to? Uh, it's the individual talent. They're poetic in their insults to them. Oh, the Pumas fans behind us were specifically poetic in their insults to Layun, uh, Aguilar, and every Americanista that was on them. Okay. <laughs> did, they, did they use words that, that, that you uh, would, would, would blush if you, if you mentioned them on the podcast here today? I would have. They would use words that I would, expletives that uh, are very common amongst you. <laughs> I wouldn't say myself. I wouldn't necessarily blush, but uh, yeah. Anyway. Hey, this is the type of stuff that Joel was talking about. Like you know, some of the tweets in Guatemala should be mi estimado Tlatoani de Tepito, deje de perder el tiempo y haga algo que en verdad va a ser feliz la población y es proclinarle otro putazo a Faitelson. Hashtag yo con cuao. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I got a kick out of this. Well, you know, Ronnie, you should, uh, over the course of a week, you should, you should come up with your with your top five and then and then, and then, then read your, 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 your top five uh, Faitelson Putasos, I guess. And, uh, I should, I should. Yeah, you should, because I mean, I mean, because I've seen some of the, some of them are, are outstanding. Like you say, yeah, you guys are right. They're extremely creative. <laughs> they're, they're, they're. Don't, don't, don't they also call him el paladín de de Tepito? They call him el, el ex huelepedos de la Montijo. What's for hunchback? El dromedario. Or okay. la mochila, or the person of the mochila. What's that aspect of the mochila? That's hilarious.
knew Whatever. That. I, I was trying that. to find the button. I knew that was coming. Oh. I was trying to find the button. Um, well, we're, we're still having problems with Juan, so if, if, you, if you can't connect... We, we, we should invite that guy, Tio Putazo. You know that. I want to invite, uh, I want to invite Lalo, the, uh, the, the play-by-play commentator for Chivas, who uh, is just terrific. I'm hoping that he does that for the, uh, for the World Cup as well. Uh, I'm sure he will. You need to invite him, Tio Putazo... And Gonzalo from Chivas. Have, have people found Gonzalo? Is he, is he still is he still on the loose? <laughs> I think he is. Yeah, Gonzalo. <laughs> poor Gonzalo. Poor Gonzalo. All right, gentlemen. So we've talked. We've talked Santos. We've talked America, unfortunately. Joel, you know, once again, Joel, you you are you are so lucky here in this situation because uh, you know usually we have two or three Chivarmanos on, but that's right. But once again, you 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 have you have. But don't be like playing the banca and and then playing the, you know, the the, the cantera, you canterano. Have, you have full control of the Chivas conch. The la concha, um, yeah. What? <laughs> la concha what de tu chiva. La concha. That would be a good, yeah, that would be a good name for a Chiva podcast. Um, nothing, man. The only thing that's been going on right now with the coach is Almeida. He's he seems like he wants to abandon ship. He's not happy with not having a competitive squad. You know, nothing coming in at the. Mercado de Piernas, but 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 there's rumors that they've told him just stay at Chivas because you're next in line after the World Cup. You're you're next in line unless you know if 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 JCO reaches that quinto partido, I think uh, FMF would just bring in the you know a truck full of money and and have him stay. But other than that, we're looking at. We're looking at a big IMX based coach for Nick, you know, and he's he seems to be one of the main candidates. So, so, so Paco de Anda this week, pretty much laid it on the line. Like he's like, I'm the one who's picking the players, you know. He says, I may either have a say, but I have the final say. And it seems to me that shouldn't the coach want want to have a little bit more more of a say so in the, in, the, in the players or a sense of you know they can ask the player, the coach, what kind of player do you need? I need a player that has. Qualities A, B, C, and D. Find me a player that has A, B, C, and D. What would you rather see, Hoyle, with this with this relationship? I don't know, man. I, I always seem to value the the GM over the coach. You know. That's right. You're 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 more of a you're more on Team Nestor and not Team Chepo. Team Team Nestor and Team Pelayas. That's always been my thing. Just because Liga MX coach can come and go. And I think one of the reasons Almeida stayed for so long was because they, they gave him that big five-year contract. And then when when Higuera tried to boot him, he was turned down twice. I, I haven't forgotten, John. The North remembers, man. He went, he went after Bucetich, who did not want to work with Vergara, 
And then he went after Sampaoli, who threw them under the bus, and he, he gave an interview where he was saying he he wouldn't do that to a friend. Wow. So, uh, oh, wait, wait. Ron, Ron Stewart, read Cuauhtémoc, please. It's like, Gran Platoni de Tepito, verdugo de los soberbios en el heroico Puerto Jarrocho, conquistador de Galileas y Marisoles, rostro inmaculado de Gerubín y Apacia, que pasaba por la dirección. Dude, you see that? No te merecen vivo. No, it's a puto chan, man. Come on. You see what this guy wrote? Where? The tweet you just said, man. The tweet you just read. Pretty much poetic. It is. Because the rich dude, the words, he, 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 and all we could do at the national team is yo puto, man. That's, that's what's going on, man. There's some disparity there. I always knew their creativity was there. That, you know, you growing up listening to, you even seeing the old sexy comedias, you know. Mexicans oh, can be very creative. And, those and, are hilarious, dude. We get to soccer, and then all of a sudden, we we just copy the Argentine chants. And well, when it comes to us, we, we have two original stuff. Huh? Uh, you know, I'll, I'll bring it up. Again, I, I, I don't understand why, why Chivas doesn't use probably the most emblematic song of, 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 of Mexico. <laughs> And they they don't well, why why the, the fans don't sing it when 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 something happens. I mean, I can't think of a city that has a better song that, that represents the city more than than you know freaking Guadalajara. Oh, el profe. Did he make it? Yeah, is Simon Alon over there? No. Well, we have how many? How many hey, hey, how many? Uh, Ronnie, you, you have cambiar but, rayas. You just, just yeah. real quick, was, before I lose, before I forget. Yeah. Um, I uh, my first introduction to those uh, raunchy comedies. Yeah. Was uh, was a was actually football related. It was actually called Football de Alcoba. Uh, I'm not familiar with that one. Uh, I'm pretty like, sure you. I'm pretty sure you've seen a version of it. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, you know how those those movies go. But yeah, no, it was it's um it's a famous actor. The he's kind of dark skinned, curly hair, mustache. Shit. Yeah, I, I can't. I, I could probably get his name in a bit. But anyways, that I, I that's what I was thinking. That's crazy. <laughs> Damn. I don't mean to interrupt you, but uh, we do have. Please, please, uh, please. I'm sorry. I see. No, no. I see his wonderful face, and I can't wait to hear. I thought you were talking about me, the guy with the dark skin and the and the mustache. So I was like, okay, well, I thought that was my intro. <laughs> no, 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 no. We have we have we have much better intros than that. But oh, okay. We're able to uh, to, okay, to join us, so I, I totally get it. Yeah, uh, Juan Arango joins us, uh, <laughs> and Juan, uh, you uh, live in Miami. And you're yeah. getting ready to, uh, to to call the World Cup for the uh, the Sport Max channels, and it's going to be for the Caribbean. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it's 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 an exciting time. I, I I I'm pretty happy, you know, to say the least. And plus, I'm going to be with with some really kick-ass people over there. Actually, I was talking to one of my broadcast partners just recently with Brent Sancho, uh, who's going to be part of the of the broadcast team. I mean, it's going to be a really interesting group of individuals of quite a diverse group of individuals that are going to be part of that sports max team down in, in, in Kingston. Are you going to be calling the games 
Uh, call, uh, calling the games or, or doing the, the between game? Uh, I'm going to be calling the games, doing in between games, serving coffee, and maybe maybe trying to, you know, cook, you know, some breakfast in the morning as well. Everything. Everything. And you'll be doing this down in Kingston or are you going to do it for Miami? Oh, no, no, no. Kingston. Kingston. Oh, wow. Kingston and, and we'll have a couple of days off. We uh, Actually, last time I was I was there when I did the Copa America for Sports Max. Uh, after the final, we all celebrated the entire cast, uh, you know, entire cast, crew, production crew. We drove through, you know, from Kingston to Portland, uh, the, the, you know, went to the biggest jerk festival in the world. And trust me, the views, man, that, that's something that I just wanted. I, I told my, 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 my broadcast partner, George Davis, who was driving, he was, I told him, George, just drop me off here, dude. I mean, I'm, I'm driving through coffee plantations up in the mountains in Jamaica, you know, and you couldn't ask for anything better. I mean, that was, it was one of the best experiences that I, that I really had. I, I was so grateful to be back with them. Are they going to be having another jerk festival while, while, while you're in Jamaica again? Of course. Yeah. No, I mean, it's every, it's every year. So, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll probably be driving up to Portland again and, and, and we went to Hellshare Beach. Uh, on one of the days off, I actually flew to Montego Bay. So, I mean, it was, it was, uh, you know, it was quite the experience. I mean, you know, and it's, it's, you know, if there's a place that you can't go, if you can't go to Russia, hey man, Jamaica's not that bad either. There, there, there are worse places to go. That's uh, I know, right? I mean, I mean, it, it was, it was a tough. I mean, it was tough being, you know, being in Jamaica for three weeks. You know, it's gonna be tough to be there for a month. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and Kingston is, it's like an inland city, right? So it's not really on the coast. Hey, it's, it's not I mean, far I mean, from the coast. It's not that far from the coast, but yeah, I mean, there is a bay. I mean, if you, you know, if you're, if you're near, near Portmore and stuff, I mean, you, you, you are near, you, I mean, it's an island. So, I mean, you're, you're pretty much near right. water anywhere you go, you know, but still it, it's, it's a really interesting city to go to, you know, I mean, there's so much history behind it as far as the, you know, everything, you know, from the colonial era to, you know, even the past 20, 30 years that, you know, the first thing that you, you get off of your plane, you, you step, step out of the airport. The first thing you see is Usain Bolt, you know, and, and then you go to Bob Marley's house and, 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 um, and you go to Devon house and you start seeing the history there. And it's, it's, it's a really captivating country. That sounds a lot better than, than getting off the plane at Oklahoma city and waiting for your luggage and having Barry Switzer come on and say, Hey, it's Barry Switzer. Welcome to Oklahoma. It's, I, I would much rather see yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, that, for that case, I'd rather have the guy that was smoking weed in front of me over at Mile High during Gold Cup. So <laughs> that's well, that's an issue all to itself, but that's for another conversation for another time, I guess. Absolutely. Now, Juan, we brought you on uh, because we are uh, had been uh, previewing the World Cup groups over the past few weeks, and uh, we, uh, we wanted to uh, bring you on to help us discuss Group H. And uh, But before we do that, uh, I know that uh, – well, one of the other questions that we ask our, our our guests when they come on is uh, everyone has a team that they've followed at one point in their lives, or you know, maybe a team that they've picked up as a kid and are still fans of the team. Is there a team for you like that, Juan? Is tienes un equipo de tu corazón? Oh well, I I have two, and, and, and my explanation is because uh, my cousins and my dad. That that's the funniest thing. Um, as a kid, uh, my cousins understand the affinity that there are that there is for Brazil and for Argentina. Uh, my father got me into the Brazilian national team, but obviously it wasn't a team that I felt because of the language barrier, if you will, until now that I actually speak Portuguese. 
but uh, he got me into Atlético Nacional, and he wasn't a Nacional fan. He was a Medellín fan, and there's always the, the Medellín derby between those two teams. And uh, one day he, he just said, okay, I'll take you to the stadium. It's not my team, but, uh, you know, he took me, and, and I fell in love with the team. And he's like, that's the, one of the worst decisions I ever made. And that was that was the funniest part. Um, then my cousins got me into Boca Jr. because – they were all fans of Boca, and, and they had, um, you know, the posters with Chapa Sunier, Maradona, uh, with um, Brindisi, all, all of those players, uh, you know, Clemente sure. Rojas. They had posters of every single one. They had a grafico from the time that they were even before they were born. You know, from the 1950s, they, they were collecting graficos. So it, it was a lot of that stuff. And then, you know, being you here in the United States then, was it and, sorry to interrupt one? Was yeah. it before? Was it before like you know Chicho Serna and and, and the? No, this was nineteen eighty. Oh, okay, no, I was going to say that. Nineteen eighty. Nineteen eighty two. You know, I was like, what? Uh, damn, I was like five, six years old, and I got. I mean, my first World Cup was abroad. My first World Cup was on a ten inch black and white TV, watching Brazil get, lose to Italy. As it should be. As it should be. That's everyone's first World Cup. Trip. And and in, and it was pretty much a national day of mourning in Colombia. It was so. It was a, it was a day of mourning in Brazil and a day. Of, it was actually a day of mourning in Mexico too. So don't. Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was sad. It was sad. I mean, and, and I mean, I, I was five years old and I'd fall in love, but but there was another affinity towards it. I mean, flashback. You know, I'm doing the math right now. A flashback, like uh, you know, 20 years later. And my first date was with my wife happened to be at La Bombonera. So while I was living in Argentina 20 years later, so I mean, it, kind of a, it kind of ended up being like a, a full circle as far as everything's concerned. And that's yeah. why those two teams are my team. And then obviously from a national team perspective, my first, second, third, and fourth team are the Colombian national team. All four of them? Now, All four of them. That sounds like a very normal way that uh, how one becomes a supporter. Mm-hmm. A few weeks ago, and, and I must tell you this because I just I think it's hilarious. We had a, a Kit McConaughey on, who's a, a local commentator here in Austin, who is a big River Plate fan. And when you ask, him, "Well, how'd you become a River Plate fan?" and he'll tell you this, this story about how the president of the of the club uh, gave he and his, his his mom a tour of the of the facilities and of the stadium and blah blah blah. Just this incredibly elaborate story about how he became a River Plate fan. I'm thinking, dude, I just watched a, a guy score goals on TV. That's how I became. You know, I don't have to have this whole, you know, this whole song and dance with the, with the team president to get him to to to, to like the team. Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, each each one has their different story. I mean, yeah. uh, I mean, uh, I, I met when I was in school in Argentina. An American guy ended up being a fan of Neil's Old Boys just because he happened to be a pre med student, and he thought it was interesting that the team had a nickname called the Lepers. <laughs> so, that I is mean, interesting. So, I mean, uh, each one has their affinity, and it was just, you know, and, and people are like, you know, hey, so, you know, who do you like? You know, you like LA Galaxy? You like, you know, and they're like, he's like, no, no, I'm a News Old Boys fan. So, Wait, so what, do you, what do you do then when, when uh, Nacional plays Boca Juniors and the Libertadores? Uh, if it's in the final, I feel like I'm winner both ways. <laughs> uh, no, you know, that, that's a tough one because I've actually been at La Bombonera when Nacional and, and, and uh, Boca play in, in – I just sit there. I'm like, okay, let the best team win. I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's one of those things that you know. It's it's like, you know, if you're if you're if you're 
parents and both of your kids are playing on opposite teams, who do you root for? It's kind of that kind of sensation, if you will. Sure. Do you, how do you feel about the uh, the Mexican team absence from the Libertadores? Has, has it taken away, or, 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 or are you impartial to it one way or the other? You just not really registered. Um, no, I, I'm, I mean I'm partial to it based on on where I live, and I, I totally understand uh, the reasons why. I mean, it really wasn't organized the way things were done were being done as far as the reorganization of the Copa Lib. And it really wasn't to Mexico's convenience at that point, if you really look at it. Um, does Do the Mexican teams bring an extra something? Yes and no. Yes, they do from a competitive standpoint. But for the most part, the Mexican press and many of the Mexican fans really didn't get the meaning or the mystique of the Copa Libertadores. And I think when you saw a lot of those matches, most of those matches, I should say, there were, there are a few. I mean, when Chivas beat Boca 4-0 back in 05, you saw a little bit of, of what it meant uh, when America were close to eliminating Boca in 2001 and for uh, Walter Samuel's uh, goal late in the match. They just they just showed that goal on yeah. and they had like a, the Sunday conversation with with Walter Samuel and they yeah and, and, you'll be happy to know they showed all like eight angles of it so so they, yeah those were the moments that you said man this has potential but when you see Tigres literally go to the Stadio Monumental and literally shit their pants um, then you're like you thought that there would be more to it than that and and to me. I think that if, if if many people in Mexico understood how important Copa Libertadores really is, I think you'd add a notch more to that, and maybe a couple of Mexican teams could have won it. Dude, you're completely right. When it was announced that Mexican teams would no longer be competing, there was like almost no outrage. Yeah, I mean, I mean, but but that that is kind of the narrative as well. I mean, I don't know who was taking a dump back there, but it, it sounds it, it sounds really. <laughs> I mean, somebody in the bathroom there? Not not that I'm aware of, but oh, okay, it just sounded like some on my way, man. Whoa, whoa. I mean, it sounds like my studio sometimes when I'm when I'm doing beyond the pits. I'm like, wait, okay, okay, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Um, you're right. There really wasn't out much that much outrage. Well, I will. I will say there was plenty of outrage on this show. I will. I will no, and, and you know what? If if you did feel outraged, I, I completely agree with you. I mean, look, I had a chance to to be exactly behind both Desio de Maria and Sunil Galati back in 2013 when they were announcing the the um, Copa America Centenario. Who who wears more cologne? Oh man, I think I think I think Desio wears it for both. <laughs> you weren't enough for both of them? Oh, I don't know. And I can tell you that because I actually sat back. I sat with De- – I hung out with Desio right outside Mexico's hotel when they were about to play Costa Rica. And not even the rain, you know, prevented me from smelling that that, that cologne. It's it's pretty you know, it's pretty good stuff. But still, I mean, you know, you, you can smell it from a bit away. <laughs> I mean, but I'm just, I'm just kidding about that. But um, when when – Eugenio Figueroa, I mean, ironically, I'm talking about somebody that's about to go to prison or actually is in prison, said, you know what, we, you know what should happen? Maybe we should have qualifiers throughout the entire America, throughout America, from Alaska all the way to Patagonia. Maybe we should all unite and do one World Cup qualifier. 
the face on Senor Gulati and Antesio de Maria, they looked at each other and said, uh-uh. They nodded their heads like, no. Yeah, that and, ain't going to happen. No, no, it's not going to happen. Because, and many people will say, well, no, maybe, maybe it's true, maybe it's not. But in my opinion, Mexico doesn't go to every World Cup if they're playing in common ball. They, they will go to World Cups, mind you, but they will not go to every single one. And the U.S. will probably miss out on more than Mexico. I, I, you know what, Juan, uh, I had heard, and then this is years back when Mexico had just started competing in, um, in Libertadores and Copa America, and that was a consensus from some of the journalists that if Mexico did play at qualifiers against South American teams, that they would not mm-hmm. go to a World Cup. But when yeah. they did go, they would be better off for it. They would be a stronger team. I they think so. Just, yeah, they wouldn't just be qualifying. They would actually have something to fight for. I don't think Mexico would be talking quinto partido all the time. I think that narrative would die if, if they played in South America and uh, got better as a team. Because I think that's one of the limiting beliefs that Mexican football has, that quinto partido mentality. It's that, you know, let's not play, let's, let's play not to lose instead of let, let's try and play to win. I'm not, I mean, and, and, and it sounds hypocritical on my part because I, I, in part, have been very critical about how some in the Mexican press portray Mexico as being like Germany. And, and I even, I even, I even uh, criticize people like, I mean, I talked to Rafa Ramos, like, look, you guys think you're Germany. And, and much to his, you know, one of the few times when Rafa Ramos is, isn't uh, boisterous as he usually is on television, and he looks at me and just gives me a dirty look and walks away. But, uh, there's many journalists in Mexico that think they're, you know, many Mexican journalists, excuse me, that think they're, that Mexico is Germany. And, and, and to me, that that's unfair to the fans, but also unfair to the players because the way Mexico have played in World Cups has been acceptable, has been very good. They're just not at that level that many perceive them to be. And I think that's really what's what's kind of jaded their performances the past few years. What do uh, what do Colombians think of Juan Carlos Osorio's performance as the Mexico national team coach? It depends on which Colombians you talk to. Um, for the most part, there is a consensus that the press is up to get him because he's not Mexican. He's he's not he's not well, a. He's not Mexican, Brazilian, or Argentine. So, well, yeah, that too. But also remember that they did go a little bit after Ricardo Lavolpe as well. Yeah, but he had he had strong allies, and he had strong allies. But but Osorio didn't have strong allies, right? No, he didn't, and he didn't have the backing of Club America, or you know, in the case of Tuca Ferretti, he didn't have the backing of Tigres or, or many others that that helped him out. But you talk to many in Colombia, they think. You know, why would Juan Carlos Osorio want to renew with Mexico the way he's been treated uh, so unfairly? And, and, and you know what? And, and I have to amend a couple of things that I've said. And, and it, may, it just makes me sound like I've been a blind supporter of, of Osorio. There's a lot of things that I haven't liked about how Osorio has handled the Mexican national team. And, uh, you know, when you don't give a player continuity – and repetition, and this is this is something that that goes back 
if I've been talking to people, I mean, one of the people that I listened to a lot was, was Gabriel Batistuta in any particular interview. And he says, players need continuity. They need repetition. So if you start switching them around in different positions, uh, you start to lose that, that ability to understand what you need to do. And, and if you really look at Mexico and how some players stand, like the, the positioning of them, of them in certain positions isn't quite the one that they need to be. The way they run is not the way they need to be. And therefore, because they're not familiar or they haven't done enough repetitions in that position, that that is the problem with Osorio's uh, mentality of having so much rotation. Sometimes you over-rotate and, and people tend to get lost as far as what they do. Well, sure. I mean, that's uh, <laughs> you're not telling anybody, at least at least on our panel, because I mean that's 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 that is certainly something that we uh, uh, discuss pretty regularly on. Uh, I mean, if if you rotate and you give a player enough time to to meld in or, or, or understand, or even give a greater understanding of where of one position, but his understanding of where others need to be within. Uh, other positions on the pitch or where a player needs to stand or where a player needs to run. And therefore you have a better understanding of it than all fine and dandy. But at the end of the day, it ends up being that some of the players just don't seem comfortable in, in, in the positions that, they, that they're in. Hey Juan, uh, real quick on that same topic. This is Albert, mm-hmm. Kim, by the way, Yeah, what's up? on the, on Juan Carlos Osorio, whenever after the Chile game, the, uh, the loss to Chile in mm-hmm. America, he, he said that there, there wasn't really a plan be and, and that's one of the things that he learned to to do for the future. What what do you think of that or you know his statement on sort of a plan B or be prepared for going down like three zero? I mean, if if you're preparing to go down three zero, I mean that that really doesn't bode well for you either. I mean, yeah. let, let's be let's be let, let's go back a day. Well, think All about right. that. You could say as a coach, hey, we're down three zero. We're following our game plan perfectly. Yeah, I mean, but but those types of results, you know, everything goes helter skelter. I mean, how how would I mean? Let, let's not even Osorio. Let's just put any coach. You know, oh yeah, we you know, and let's say Pep Guardiola comes in. Yeah, I already have a plan set when we go down three 0 I mean, how how does that, how does that sound to you as as a journalist or as a fan? You know, and you, your your intention is to go out and, and impose your condition or impose your style, not to say, well, if just in case this happens. We can't do that. And, and again, we're dealing with a coach that does micromanage a lot in Osorio, so I wouldn't be, ever be surprised if he did start saying, oh, well, if it's 3-0, no, we go this way. If it's 2-0, no, we go this way. If it's 2-1, oh, you know, that type of thing. Then you start micromanaging too much, and you start over-planning and losing sight of what you need to do with a team. Now, before we get to Colombia, where mm-hmm. do you see Mexico? That's a performance. You know, that's a good question because to me, the big match for Mexico isn't Germany. It's Sweden. Well, yeah. And, and Sweden has a lot of faults very similar to Mexico. Uh, right now, I mean, five or six players from Sweden still haven't reported to the national team camp. One's, one's getting married this weekend. The other one happens to be um, Guidetti and Lindehoff. Lindehoff's getting married and, and Guidetti's going to be his best man. So he's there, they're getting to camp on Monday. And, uh, you see a lot of, a lot of inconsistency there. Uh, Sweden had a lot of trouble scoring in World Cup qualifiers, but they were able to do enough defensively. 
it's it's more of a team. It's it's a team that can really cause some problems defensively for Mexico. Mexico's a team now that's looking to go wide and is looking to have players that that can play in the middle. Can can Sweden shut them down in the middle and force them to go wide and exclusively wide? That could be a major problem for Mexico. Uh, Korea's had South Korea's had some issues too. I mean, with with a couple of injuries here and there. Uh, how are they going to be able to manage? Or, or is that the team that we end up overlooking and they end up getting to the out of the group stage for the first time since 2010? So it's not an easy path for Mexico. But Mexico is the team that others are measuring themselves to within that group. Now, what happens afterwards, that can, that's completely up to fate. Sure. So do you think there is going to be an afterwards then for, for, for Mexico? There could be. I mean, I don't, I don't see why not. I don't see why not, but you have to have a lot of players really come into their own. And, and uh, in this World Cup, you might see that possibility, but then also you start to see players like Jonathan Dos Santos, like Gio Dos Santos, that have, haven't really been in top form. And there's a lot of dependence there. Also, the big question mark is Andres Guardado. How healthy is, how healthy is Guardado? I mean, that, that's a big question mark. Especially if you start saying, well, Eric, why is Eric Gutierrez still on, on the national team? Ah, okay. You don't have a Rodolfo Pizarro out wide to really create some differences and some mismatches out wide. But then again, if you start looking where Rodolfo Pizarro usually, usually plays on the left side, he's going to be facing a player like Joshua Kimmich. So, you know, how, how, how effective is he going to be there? Mexico do have their inconsistencies as well. But overall, if you look at the team, they can be that one that can neutralize Sweden and be able to make some big advantages. Mexico's in the kind of group right now where, as is almost always the case for them, and very rarely is it not, where they have to, they're going to have to expend a lot of energy to, to, to make it out of the group stage. I mean, it's going to really be a, it's going to be a struggle. There's no question. Like I said, it's going to go down to that third game. I mean, the, it's going to be a playing game between them and Sweden, I think. Oh, and, and, and I think and, and that, that's the way it should be, to be honest with Mexico. Yeah. Because when Mexico get comfortable, they get lost. And, we, and what better example that, that we can see as far as those situations than, than when they play a lot of their Gold Cup opponents. And when they seem way too comfortable is when they seem to be less clear as far as their ideas are concerned. Yes, that is very true. Now, now Colombia, on the other hand, I don't think is going to have a group where they're going to have to expend as much energy to advance into the uh, – into the knockouts of the World Cup, but their group is still trickier than 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 most. I mean, both both Senegal and and, and Japan, I think, are going to present a, a little bit more of a, of a challenge than people think. And then obviously Poland uh, is not going to be easy as well. But uh, do you uh, right off the bat do you see Colombia just thinking, you know, we can we can get to the quarters pretty 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 easily and, and, and then take our chances to get the same because it looks like they have the the squad to uh to, to make some noise more so than the, than in the last World Cup in my opinion. Yeah, you have a much more experienced side for sure. Um, I think it's six or seven of the starters in the last World Cup are coming back. Plus you bring in Falcao, plus you get a new defensive central pairing with Davidson Sanchez and Jeremina in the middle. Uh, that Jeremina will be a question mark because of his lack of consistency ever since he got to Barcelona, but we'll, we'll see how he, he adapts quickly to Beckenman. Uh, the fortunate part for Colombia is the fact that they played Japan first. They've already played Japan. 
They played them. They were actually in the same group as Japan last time around, and they they beat them pretty handily, four one. Japan come into this World Cup, new coach, not much time to adapt, a lot of uncertainty as far as the, the, the team overall is concerned, and uh, obviously you still have a, a pretty decent nucleus, but when it comes to physicality. They're not a team that can really match up to more physical players, to more physical presences, especially up top when you have a Falcao, and especially if you have a set piece and you have either Davinson Sanchez or Jerry Mina coming in, or you have Carlos Sanchez in the middle patrolling, or you have either Abel Aguilar or Wilmar Barrios holding the middle, two players that are very hard to take the ball away from. They can really help transition into offense when you have James Rodriguez and maybe even Juan Fer Quintero, who's seen his career resurrect at River. So it sounds like uh, Colombia is uh, is going to be in in good hands against against yeah. Japan. So so is is the key game then for them? Is it going to be Senegal or is it going to be Poland? Because uh, it's going to be Poland. It's going to be Poland, uh, in my opinion, because okay. that really is what sets the pace for them. That their objective is to end up first in the group, right? Because remember when they when they switch when when they go in, into the next round, they end up playing either England or Belgium, and right there those two teams. As, as big of names as they all have, as, as tradition and all that they may have, you start looking at them and they're teams that can tend to falter a little bit quickly when things don't go their way. Belgium has a boatload. I mean, their entire team is just like an all-star team if you, if you want to look at it from that perspective. But in big games, how do they perform? And they haven't. England, the same thing too. And, and, and with England... You, you talk to people in, in, in the English press and like, well, yeah, we're getting this team ready, but we're getting them ready, especially with the youngsters that come in afterwards to become contenders to win the World Cup in 2022. And that sounds legit, but Colombia's moment is right now. And they look to go at least into quarterfinals. And that was one of the bitter tastes of the World Cup in 2014, knowing what might have been, what could have been. And they came up so short because they over-respected a team like Brazil in that tournament. Now, would Colombia make a decision, you know, or I guess or, or would it matter to them because they're going to be playing their group, their last group game on the last day of the of, of the group stage, so they'll know how the bracket has has plinkoed in, in, into place after that. Mm-hmm. Would, would they say, you know what, we really really want to avoid Team A, so if 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 we draw or or lose, then that's what's going to happen. So, do do, do they play at that, or they say, you know, we got we got we got to play them in the group? You, you got to play who you have to play at this point. I mean. uh uh, unless like things come out and, and they end up playing a team like Panama or, or 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 someone someone along those lines, then maybe it'll switch a little bit. But when you have a team like England or Belgium, well, I'm looking I'm looking beyond that. Beyond yeah, beyond I mean, I, I don't. Well, at that I, point, it doesn't matter because if you're playing the yeah, top, I, I mean, you end up playing a team like Brazil. You end up playing. Uh, God, I forgot who else. I'm trying to find out who off the top of my head. Well, right it now. would be, it would be Brazil or Germany or yes, or, I mean, or or Mexico. It would be or, you know Brazil, Germany, Mexico, Sweden, whoever. Yeah, uh, South Korea. Yeah, or yeah, something like that. I mean, take yeah, your pick. Said it could even or be, even Costa Rica. I mean, for that matter, for all. Or I mean. yeah, Serbia. Serbia. Yeah, I mean, so so take your pick as far as that's concerned. Uh, I mean, I mean, people people in Colombia want to see. I mean, the expectations are high. They're actually higher now. So are they are they semifinals high? Are they semifinals high for 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 for, for Colombia fans? Mm, maybe or, not. 
Maybe not. I mean, it's it, it, it's very it's variable because there's some that think semifinals are bust, but you know when you play Germany, <laughs> I mean, or you play Brazil, it's it's pretty tough to to and it's a pretty tough ask. If They're gonna ask have to me, earn it for sure. Yeah, if you asked me four years ago, what was the most disappointing part of the, of, of Colombia's World Cup performance was the fact that they pretty much you know out to Brazil, and they were just happy to be there. Until like the 80th minute, when they realized, oh shit, we can we can beat this team, and they put you know they got their act together, and they came up short. You know, controversial goal that was you know contra- controversial disallowed goal or not, Colombia just let Brazil win that game. And so we was could it, have been talking. We could have been talking about then about why they they started like I said why they placated Brazil so much was that. Is that an old is that an old habit that that South oh, America when they play Brazil at home is like. We know who you are, so we're gonna. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and and, and that's been one of the biggest uh, setbacks for South American teams. You know, and 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 lest we forget, in that World Cup, if I'm not mistaken, didn't Chile hit the crossbar in injury time in the second half? Yeah, Pina almost, hit, yeah, almost beat them. Almost beat them, yeah. Yeah. So, I like, mean, as you said, in Brazil, Brazil was well. I, they they were. That was the worst Brazil, personally, I had ever seen, mind you, and and. Uh, and, and I honestly thought, I'm like, man, you know what? Columbia can do this. Columbia can win. Columbia can win this. I mean, I'm watching it at the airport, ready and getting, getting ready for a flight, and, and I'm angry. You know, after everything that everything that was positive about that World Cup, it just ended up having that little bitter taste of what might have been Columbia getting to the semifinals. And, yeah. and to me, there was a little bit more that could have been done, and, and the players know it, and the players understand it. And, and this time around, you have a much more experienced team, but at the same time, a much younger side that can really offer some more stuff. Now, the continuity, the consistency of Colombia, and if they're dictated upon, they become a much different when they don't have the ball at their feet. So, you fully expect Colombia to, to to win the group? I, I mean, I, I mean, I don't. I, I mean, it, it's demanded upon them to win it. Well, well, okay, by the fans, but I mean, did you, in doing your analysis, is it's. Would you say that they are the strongest team of this group and, 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 should, and should win? From, from top to bottom, from top yeah. to bottom, yes, they are. Yes, they are because they don't solely. I mean, like unlike Poland, you do have some good individual players in Poland, but again, at the end of the day, they live and die by Robert, Robert Lewandowski. Let's right. let's be completely honest with that. If Colombia don't have a good match from James Rodriguez, they can bring in uh, Muriel, they can bring, excuse me, they can bring in uh, Quintero. Quintero can help out a little bit more and take away some of that pressure from James. If Falcao's not having a good game, Carlos Baca can come in. Uh, Borja can come in and offer a different dynamic as well. Um, different players can, can step in at, at certain moments, but collectively they have to be at their best. I mean, if Colombia is at their best, there is a very good shot that they can get to the semifinals, but that also depends on how their level of play is. Outside of Group H, is there is is there any team that you think that outside of the the usual suspects that you think might might have a chance to sneak into the semis? Oh man, I, I've I've thought about it in in uh, into semis. Uh, maybe maybe a team like Colombian people have mentioned Colombia has been in many conversations as far as one of those dark horse semifinalists. Uh, Peru. Peru, okay. Peru. Um, 
especially if they would end up playing a team like uh, Argentina or a team, you know, I mean, whoever they end up crossing over from, from their group. Uh, to me, Peru can be the revelation team of the World Cup. Why is that? Ricardo Gareca. And, and here's the thing. I was listening to his press conference after it was pretty much a done deal as far as Paulo Guerrero not playing. And many, yeah, obviously, there's a, not just the statistics as far as what Guerrero's been able to do for this Peruvian side. One of the people that really depended a great deal upon Paulo Guerrero was Cristian Cueva. And when he was signed, when he signed to go play in Brazil, he didn't fly to Brazil right away. He stayed and he celebrated. He was with his friends and he partied and he did this and that. And Paulo Guerrero calls him up and says, hey, man, did you already come to Brazil? Hey, man, I'm looking for... He's like, no, 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 I'm flying out later. He's like, what are you talking about? What's wrong with you? No, 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 you come in now. Because, I mean, you're a professional, man. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity that you take because understand and learn from my mistakes. And, da, da, da. and he, he, he's really adamant about the mistakes that he committed during his career for other younger players not to make. And uh, that was the biggest issue with uh, Paulo Guerrero and, and how he was such a leader and how he helped a lot of players, even Jefferson Farfan, who was on the outro of Ricardo Vene, got to come back and become that leader he needed to be and, and is. And he's been able to really help. And, and that's been both the rallying cry and, and the I guess, you know, ingredient, if you will, that's helped gel that Peruvian side. Uh, Peru plays very well. They play very compact. They play very disciplined like previous Peru teams of the past. Um, you know, you have a player in Edison Flores who not very many people mention, but to me, if he is on his game and certain conditions fall in, he could be that revelation player of, of the tournament. And, and for, because of all that, because of the work that they do collectively, to me, Peru can be that team. Even even you, you talk to, to many French coaches. Uh, I mean, it was uh, Vicente Lizarazu a few days ago in an interview saying the biggest match for us in our group is going to be Peru. So it shows you how much this team has been able to, I don't know, become this this myth, if you will, uh, uh, between all the issues and all the strife and everything else, how collectively they've come together and how people have understood how they play. And even after when I got to see them against Croatia, uh, you know, Zlatko Dalic said, this team, this team's great. This team should be doing great things in the World Cup. So, I mean, that really in and of itself tells you exactly what Peru should do and why Peru can be that team. Well, I know that you would make uh, Luis Michel uh, uh, Chagaray very happy with uh, Luis Miguel Chagaray. Oh, I, 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 lo- I love Luis, man. And, and I'm always making fun of him. I'm always putting ceviche on, on you know, in, in, in his DM saying, oh, you got to come here, man. You know, well, New York's overrated, man. You come down to Miami, you see what's up. <laughs> and he, uh, I, I love Luis, man. He, he's, he's done so much for the for the Latino voice, especially here in the U.S. And, and he, he really, you know, a guy, I mean, I love him to death. And, and he's done so much in such a short period of time for, for, for Latino voices and, and Peruvian voices in, in, in general as well. And I think that's that's really a key. Yeah, he, he was on the show uh a few weeks ago, we asked him if if Peru makes it to the uh, I can't remember if it was the quarters of the semis. Would, would he would he grow his hair out in the Ricardo Gareca style? And he said that he said if I could, I would. Uh, oh, he, 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 can he grow hair? Well, that's well, that's what he said. <laughs> that one, uh, 
as a Colombian fan, what player in Group H should Colombian fans be very, very leery of that they may otherwise not? That they may not otherwise know, or yeah. I mean, or first like, one, like, like don't get taken by surprise by this guy. This guy, this guy is really good. I mean, as far as uh, you talk about within Colombia or just within the no, group no, but with, within within the the other the, the other three teams in the, in the oh, I mean, Columbia. I mean, damn, I mean, you start looking at it at Senegal, and first of all, I mean, you you got to start looking at Saif Money. <laughs> I mean, first first and foremost, I mean, you start looking at him and what he can do uh, in in. Poland definitely looking at, at Robert Lewandowski as well, and, and you know you have a, I mean there's a great generation of Japanese players that have come through and have been able to make a big difference. I mean, I mean if if you want to look at one player that that Colombia needs to be worried of, of course it's Lewandowski. Okay, that's I mean that, that's top of the list, and the second one obviously is going to be Sanyamani. I mean, I mean, just those, and obviously they're they're well known, but those are the types of players that can make a difference in, in any moment at any time. Well, I don't want I don't want to hog uh, Juan all to myself, so I'll throw it up to the panel. Let y'all ask Juan some questions. Albert, oh, I'm thinking. <laughs> That's all my, right, man. I mean, that's all good. I had my Osorio one, but uh, as far as... No, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Ask. I mean, yeah, don't worry. Well, I'll ask, ask that's more Osorio questions, man. That was my one that I asked earlier, but uh, <laughs> yeah, as far as... Uh, as far as Colombia, I guess, what what is your uh, like greatest memory of the Colombian national team? Oh, man. I have way too many. <laughs> I have way too many. I have an A1, A8, A, you know... A, 1A, 1B, 1C, 1D. Uh, I mean, it, I mean, just, just, and, and a lot of them were heartbreaking, and a lot of them were, you know, you know, the day, the day they qualified um, to Brazil, I, I was just, you know, I, I just, I just lost it. I mean, and <laughs> I fast forward four years later, and I remember Peru qualifying. And, I am calling Luis, and, and he's like, "I can't talk, man. I can't talk. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm in tears." I'm like, yeah, "It's, it's, it's like that." Um, you know, being able to to see them, you know, qualify for Brazil also was pretty emotional as well. Uh, you know, being able to see them at a World Cup, the first, their first match ever, and the first match. At the World Cup in Brazil, I was there at the Mineirao, and it was just—I mean, it was one of the most amazing moments that, that I, I had ever experienced. I mean, it was—it was overwhelming. I mean, uh, I didn't know whether to cry, whether to laugh, whether to scream. Whether—I mean, it was like that. I, I was jumping on top of people I'd never even met in my life, and we're screaming goals together. You know, when when Hamas scored, you know, you know, this old eighty-five-year-old lady jumped on top of me and hugged me and, and uh, you know, and then another guy jumped on, you know, it's just this big massive humanity uh, as far as that's concerned. Uh, you know, the goal that uh, Freddy Rincon scores in the 1990 World Cup against Germany. So I mean, you have a lot of moments. And, and, and uh, I mean, just, just like everybody does, you know, like you might with Mexico or, or anybody else might have with, with their respective national teams. It's just a lot of emotions and, and, and a lot of pride as well, you know. Yeah, I was really into the uh, Brazil Colombia game 
There was uh, that was an intense game. <laughs> were you watching the game or were you watching you know what was going on around the crowd? Oh, the game. Well, what was going? Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, man, that was like a intense, rough. Uh, rough. Oh yeah, yeah. Just ask Neymar, right? Yeah, it was just it was just a a very cynical game. Unfortunately, it was. Uh, and you know what? It did. It it turned into that, and 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 at the end, you know, I was just like, damn, you know, Colombia could have won this, and that was the most disappointing. I mean, that was the bitterest taste. I, I mean, I, I there's no other way. It just seemed like, oh my god, they're just so respectful. They're oh, you know, hey, let me get you up, and I'm like, no, 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 no. This is competition, man. You know, we're no longer fans of Brazil. You know, they're our enemies. You know, we got to beat them. You know, and especially this Brazil, if we don't beat them now, we're never going to beat them. And, and it just didn't happen. Yeah, I guess one last, uh, I guess it's sort of a comment on the, uh, sure, sure, go ahead. the Libertadores. Uh, I'm of the opinion, I think John sort of mentioned it a little bit, but when Mexico, or if Mexico ever does go, or Liga MX teams ever go back into the tournament, I think until a Mexican team wins it, they just need to drop Liga MX and any other tournament that they're in and go full force into the local Liga Salones as their first priority. Yeah, that's, but that's, I mean, but but there, but there's also I mean, there's also interest involved in that from a sponsorship perspective. Uh, I mean, I mean, Concacaf is doing what they can to to really train and, and and pump up the the uh you know the, the Champions League. And, and they're doing. I mean, it, it, overall, the, the formatting helped in order to get a team like Toronto or, or get a team um, like I don't know, like the Red Bulls, deeper as much as possible, and be able to contend against a team like Tigres. And because there's been a lot of arguments in favor and you know and against. I mean, no longer can MLS teams use the excuse of, of saying, "Well, you know what? It's the beginning of the season, and this, that, and the other." No, no, no. You competed just very fine just last year. So what, what are you going to do now? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, at the same time, you could, I could, I mean, I can take the devil's advocate position and say, well, you know what? You're barely able to handle the MLS teams. What makes you think you're going to handle the teams in South America? I think it's a different mentality, though. Like, uh, League MX teams have sort of this superiority that they feel superior to MLS, so they may not go into the tournament as, as they would a Libertadores when they think, you know, then they think. You know, the South America, these are, these are really good teams. It's going to be tough. It's not going to be easy. We're not supposed to win. Mm-hmm. And the mentality when Mexico, when Mexican teams go, go to South America is a, is totally different, I think. Maybe, but, but you even start talking to people and they say, well, Mexico is probably the best league in the, in, in, in the region. If not number one, number, I mean, it's, it's one of those podium leagues. If it's not number one, it's number two. If it's not number, number two, it's a very close number three. Uh, if that, you know, it depends on the year, but um, no, I mean, there, there, there's a great deal of respect for Mexican teams is, is, you know, although the more, more prominent voices would express otherwise, that there's a great deal of respect for Mexican teams. The thing is that South American teams will play all comers and uh, the Mexican teams are more buying teams while the South American teams buy default and by force in many occasions, most of them are teams that are selling and selling just to stay alive. Yeah. Do you think, Juan, that there's ever a, there ever be an opportunity to have a, 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 a true Pan-American club tournament? If the money's there. 
So you think that that's that that would be the yeah? The yeah. I mean, look, South American teams are willing to fly anywhere at any time, you know, at any at any expense in order to to play these teams. I mean, if if you tell Boca to go play the Seattle Sounders or Vancouver Whitecaps in, in a couple limb match, they'll jump on a plane and do it. I mean. I mean the the sometimes what's funny is that people understand that sometimes the, the the logistics within Copa Libertadores. I mean, there's teams that can fly from Buenos Aires to Bolivia and it takes them 24 hours because of the you know the 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 amount of flights that they have to take and the inner and and all that. So I mean, teams like that are used to being able to fly these ridiculous types of amounts of time. Teams on this end really aren't because the logistics are much better. But uh, the South American teams will play you anytime, anywhere, whether it's for money or if it's, or if it's for a tournament. Joel, did you have a question? Yes, sir. Uh, Juan, what happened in Colombia with the national team from 94 when they were one of the favorites to win the tournament? And then in 98, they get eliminated in the group stage. And then they miss out on three World Cups going into 2014 when they were one of the more exciting teams to watch. So what happened in that time span? You know, that, that Colombia crashed and then they, they picked themselves up again and then they're, they're right back where they, where they belong. Um, I mean, I mean, if you want to break it down between 94, in 98, obviously, all of the things that all the extracurricular things that occurred. I remember going to a Columbia AC Milan match here in Miami, and and, and, and once I saw this shirt, I'm like, oh, we're done. <laughs> it said Columbia World Champions. This is this is like, I think if I if I recall correctly, like maybe about 10 days before the World Cup started, and I started seeing that. I'm like, oh my god. My dad even turned around and said, no, no. No, please, no, no, that, that we jinxed it, you know, and, and it was like that. And there was a lot of other things that were going on, some things that have been well-known and some that are still kind of like a little bit in, 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 in the darkness as far as what occurred in that World Cup. There was just a lot of distraction. Um, the hotel where Columbia was staying during the World Cup, it was just filled with visitors and fans and a lot of intermingling and a lot of uh, – a lot of extracurricular stuff that really didn't help the national team focus on top of the other stuff that was going on that was more criminally related, if you will. Um, that 98 team, when it arrives, it's it's many of the big players are already on the downside of their careers. I mean, Carlos Valderrama gets there, and he's, what, 37 going on 38. Uh, you don't have the same type of dynamic uh, you don't have the same type of horizontal play that you had with, with players like uh, Rincon. Aspria didn't have the best World Cup performance at all. I mean, the only player that scored a goal in 98 was, was you know, was, was Preciado. Leder Preciado scores against Tunisia in the 89th minute, and Colombia squeak out a 1-0 win. And after that, of course, they get smashed by England and, and get knocked out rather quickly. But after that, you see a whole different generation and, and a lot of instability. Yeah, they did win the Copa America in, 20, in, in 2001, but that never really translated into true success for Colombia because of the instability. You had Jorge Luis Pinto and then, and then um, a whole host of coaches that came in. Maturana would come in. And there was just a lot of 
dependence on the past and, and trying to find the next Valderrama and, and trying to find the next. And a lot of those teams that, that get so obsessed with trying to find the next guy, you know, the next Messi and the next Maradona and the next, uh, you know, in the case of the United States, they're trying to find their American version of it. They get so obsessed with it that they kind of lose focus in trying to develop players. They were being developed, but there really wasn't a team around it. And, and there really wasn't someone that really got things together in such a way that made this the national team strong until Beckerman came along and really came through and, and, and made things happen. I mean, so much so was that Marcelo Bielsa one day, I think it was back in 2000, I'm trying to think like 2008, he interviewed for the Colombian national team, came up with hundreds and hundreds of dossiers of every single player that he had scouted from the Colombian national team pool. Those guys, we need to do this better. And he put down the conditions. They said, no. Peckerman came in a few years later. I remember because when Peckerman was signed, he actually knocked my my sister-in-law off a flight that was coming to Miami. And Peckerman actually jumped on that flight last minute. He knocked her off the flight, came in, flew into Miami and signed the contract here in South Florida. Well, did he thank come. her in the press conference? So, hey, I, I, you know, I told, I told him that once and he, and he laughed. He's like, oh, we'll tell her, I said, tell her I'm sorry, you know. <laughs> But but I mean she she told me that story she's like yeah no, I was you know fun you know I was getting there, my 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 bags weighed and everything and all of a sudden boom Jose Beckerman comes in and says I need to flight I need to fly to Miami now we had him okay, in our draft man he had been in Mexico with Tigres he was coaching <laughs> at Toluca when Uber Toluca, was fired right. yeah. Toluca. yeah he was yeah. right there. Yeah, I remember. I remember. Martin. Martin wrote an article in the Medio Tiempo. He said, "He said my bet is Beckerman," but then they went and got this, the Swedish guy. Yeah, well, but, yeah but he, he was right there. He was. Yeah, right he was right. There. I mean, he. You know what? I, I remember that, and, and it's. I'm glad because it, it. You, the talk was that he was going to go back to Mexico. He said, "Well, I'm gonna." Have, he. Had, I think he had just left Toluca. He went back to Argentina on vacation, and. Uh, and, you know, the rumor was that he was going to go back to Mexico and, and, and become the coach of Mexico. But at the last minute, he turned around. I mean, it was a very last-minute thing. And he just jumped on plane, came to Miami, as that was where, you know, the former president, the one actually is in prison right now here in the United States, uh, he, he, you know, they met up. And, uh, you know, they agreed to terms. And a couple of days later, Jose Beckerman was, was uh, announced as national team coach of Colombia. Well, so then it's, it sounds more and more like your sister-in-law should be hailed as as a national hero. Then and she should. Yeah. she should. I'm trying to get her a jersey, but she's she's too much into Argentina. So, I mean, but but, uh, but you know, I mean, everything's gone well for for better or worse with Beckett. I mean, there's been a lot of controversy as far as the people that he surrounded himself with. Uh, not Esteban Cambiaso, who's going to be joining that that coaching staff pretty soon, as, as he becomes one of Beckett's assistants on the national team. But it's been his son-in-law. Um, you know, uh, Pascual, uh, his son-in-law actually is an assistant as well as a player agent. So they've been talking about the, the conflicts of interest that uh, have been going on. And mind you, you know, some of the Colombian press have been very... Why is uh, it always the yernos? I don't know. Don't, don't ask me. I don't know why. <laughs> you know, I mean, hey, but he, he found the business and he, he did what he had to do. So, I mean, but overall, Peckerman's on pitch uh, success has been has been extremely effective. Well, Juan, before we uh, before we let you go, I do have to ask you who who, who wins the World Cup. 
Oh, dude, come on, man. If I knew, I, I would already put money on Oh, come on, on come on. Well, and, and now you, here's the worst right, part. So here, here's $100. Here's $100. Here you go. Put $100. No, no, no. no. Don't, don't even do that. that. That's. I mean, might as well put your money in the stock market. You have you have a better chance of, of getting something out of it than getting you know getting a right bet out of me. Because, he, I mean, I could have the, the best bet in the world, and I will, I don't know, I, I always get it wrong. I always get bets wrong. That's why I don't do predictions. I'll tell you what could happen, but I'm not going to tell you about predictions. Because okay. I'm horrible. I'm horrible at it. Well, you know, we're all horrible why, at it. That's why. That's why I never got into gambling because I know I, I would never win. I would never get the high of knowing how of, of winning. Joel and I picked Cruz Azul to win the uh, to win the Clausura this time around. Yeah, I mean, with my you know, with my luck, I would have picked I would have picked, picked Lobos Buap to to stay up. So I mean, you know, well, they kind of did. So it wouldn't have been such a bad proposition, right? That's right. <laughs> but you would you would have won the bet. Yeah, yeah. On the technicality. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Um, so well, that's fine. You don't want to make a prediction. I understand, but, but no, but, no. I mean, I mean, if there's a team that they definitely have to look at is Brazil because of how together they are, and, and there is a bit of, of of a chip on their shoulder, and and they understand what they need to do. Uh, Germany can be probably the best team from one to twenty three, one to twenty four, one to twenty seven, one to thirty five on their list, if you want. But will they start to? feel upset if number two doesn't get the playing time that number one gets. You know, if Mark andre Ter Stegen's had a sensational season with Barcelona and all of a sudden, you know, Manuel Neuer ends up, you know, overtaking him, is, is Ter Stegen's going to take that just like, okay, no big deal? Or, or is he going to say, no, 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 this is my position, man. I, I've worked it this year. I don't care how great you are, but this year has been my year. I've earned my spot. Uh, you know, a lot of other players that come in. How how is that going to be working with Germany? Can you do that all the time? That's going to be the big question mark with, with Germany. Spain, maybe they're one World Cup cycle away from just being absolutely dominant, and, and we'll see when when the pressure's really on on them. How they how they respond? They've been tremendous in World Cup qualifying play, but when they really have pressure on them, how are they going to perform? But to me, the one that's been able to perform and overcome. I mean, because a good portion of this Brazil side has been to hell and back with, with that 7-1 and having to live with that. You know, and they've become better players, the ones that are still there, they've become better players because of that. How are they going to to overcome that? And I think that that's the one that may be stronger because of the adversity that they've had to overcome. Anybody else have any uh, questions before we, uh, we, we before we turn Juan loose? Yes. Two more. Two more questions from Jorge. Ask away, man. Ask away. Um, is this Peckerman's last uh, stand with Colombia? Is he renewing after the World Cup, or is his cycle done? It looks like his cycle will be done. I, I don't see him going like Tavares. I, I don't see him uh, really wanting to stay four more years, uh, unless you know they have a tremendously magical run and uh, they do get to semifinals and, you know, you do have that justification saying, oh, well, yeah, you know, he's, you know, the team's improving. Uh, you do have players that are pretty much in their last World Cup, Falcao, one of them. Uh, but you do have a lot of, you know, that will be at their prime come 2022. Uh, so, you know, how, do you want to change something that's working or, or, or do you, what, what do you end up doing? You, you still have players out there. Uh, that could make a difference come 2022. Edwin Cardona won't be one of them because 
Uh, he's, and I've always said he's a world-class player, but has a Sunday beer league mentality. Um, you know, that, that's a good question. And, and, and who would end up coming to replace him? Osorio maybe? And, 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 uh, and Peckerman, Peckerman's had very weird ways of, of managing the national team, despite the success. He's very hermetic. He's not the type that shares a lot of information He's the type that really has some, you know, quirks here and there as far as how he manages the team from the from the outside in or from the inside out, I should say. Uh, and, and he's had his his confrontations with the press as well, although he manages it completely different uh, than anybody than anyone else does. Um, so, I mean, does he want four more years of that? I, I don't know, and 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 he might want to just walk off afterwards being the most successful national team coach in Colombian history. That to me would probably be a more, a better justification. I, I don't see him wanting to be at the body's type of figure for 12 years. And your second question was? Oh, were you expecting so many Colombian coaches to be in CONCACAF? Because I, I always thought that could be Mexican coaches, but then I think the Colombianos just swooped in and they took our jobs, man. <laughs> yeah, that, we're, we're, that, that we tend to do that a lot. <laughs> um, well, if, well, look look at the last World Cup, though. Uh, Costa Rica had Pinto. Yeah. Um, God. Uh, oh, uh, Ruedas, right? Ruedas. Ruedas. Yeah, Ruedas with Honduras. And uh, there was one more. I think it was, was it Suarez with uh, Ecuador? I think it was. I'm trying to remember. Also, so Panama. Well, they helped, they helped Bolivia, reboot their program. Yeah. Yeah. What bully you with Panama now? Yeah. I mean, it's funny because you have so many. I think it was like after Argentina and Portugal, it was Colombia with the most amount of coaches in the World Cup last time around, and, and Colombia's up there again. It has has three national team coaches, and none of them, and, and the national team of Colombia is Argentine, so it doesn't make any sense. Uh, yeah, I mean, but look, I mean, coaches like Pinto, like Rueda, they all went to Germany to get their badges. They they constantly are always traveling. I mean, you, in Mexico, you see with Osoria and the pictures he's taken with Alex Ferguson and Pep Guardiola and, and Ariel Holland over in Argentina. So you start to see that Colombian coaches, for the most part, are always looking to continue to evolve as, as, as coaches and trying to find the new trends and trying to be more tactical in any way, shape, or form. So, yeah, I mean, from the hard work that they put in as far as the film, and that, that's, that's gone back since the days of, of Carlos Bilardo when he came to Colombia, and he really implemented watching film and consistently, you know, watching four or five, six hours of film. And, and a lot of those those disciples, Gabriel Uribe back in the, in the 70s and 80s was one of those coaches that implemented a lot of Billardistic uh, type of, 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 of uh, principles as far as coaching is concerned, and a lot of those coaches fell in line in Colombia as well. That's that's yeah, that's that's really impressive, man. Um, that that they do all that because for my, for I get the feeling for Mexican coaches they'll just probably like you had Hugo Sanchez who went to uh, Nicaragua, I think, and he he just filled out some paper. <laughs> he got his credentials. <laughs> And then other guys, they, they just go online and they get the, you know, the yeah yeah I mean, the Croix Institute certificate online. 
Yeah, I mean, th- th- there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that either. It's just that uh, with Colombian coaches, they, they always want to go. I mean, you know, Pinto's one that's always said, "Hey, I, I go to Germany." Uh, Renato Rueda went went to, went went to to study in Cologne to go and and you know to go and, and learn about that. Uh, you know, he he's he's constantly going to the, these these seminars, and, and people are always impressed about that. And that's what made him such a successful coach at Nacional, replacing Osorio and really taking that team to the next level. And, and, and what he's able to do with Chile now, that's going to be an interesting um, set of circumstances, especially if you start looking at Chile going into Copa America next year. Oh, speaking of, do you think there will be another Copa America centenario now that the U.S. and Mexico are not going to the next edition, but... But could we see another centenario type edition? Well, I think it was announced for 2020, wasn't it? Or has it been official yet? I mean, I know that they were looking to get into that as far as as far as uh, uh, 2020 here in the United States. I'm talking about. I mean, unless unless that hasn't been the case, then I, I don't see anything else really happening. And, and uh, you know, there, there's people that are in favor of it, just like there's detractors. I mean, you know, when you heard Tavares. Uh, you know, getting screwed as he had to have three cross-country flights to play three matches, and you know that, that, that's that's pretty extensive for hey, him. While there was I, others, you and I were right there with him, if I'm not mistaken. Of course, yeah, we were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we were at that press conference when, when he when he complained. About, Absolutely, yeah. He wasn't too happy about it because out of all the teams that played in that tournament, Uruguay were the one that got screwed as far as logistics were concerned. I remember. Uh, I mean, but it happens to everyone. The U.S. were one of the teams that got screwed in Brazil for the for the 2014 World Cup too, because they were like the second team with the most amount of miles that had, that were accumulated in that World Cup, and they got knocked out in the second round. Anybody else have any questions for Juan before we cut him loose? Well, Juan, do do you have any questions for us? What are you guys doing for the World Cup? What are we doing here at the podcast? Or, or... Oh, yeah. I mean, if, if you're podcasting, you're welcome. Una peda. It, it yes. depends how the team does. Oh, man. But, but then I think that would result in but, getting wait, 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 wait. Where are you guys going to be at? I mean, specifically, like physically. I mean, uh, I'm going to be uh, in Lakeway, Texas, which is just west of Austin. That's not, you know, that sounds like a really happening place over in Austin, man. Well, I, 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 we are on the banks of, of, of beautiful Lake Travis here, here at the homestead here. So it's, uh, it's, it's actually very nice. So it's, uh, yeah, man, I, I, the, I mean, I, I liked, I like San Antonio, man. I really dug it. I, I thought it was like all desert and just oil rigs and stuff when I went, before I got there. But yeah, I that's got, West like, Texas. Oh, okay. That's West Texas. Yeah. Okay. Fine. No, we're in the hill country. It's, it, it, oh, it, is, it is, it is the, uh, the, the prettiest part of the state. Uh, the hill, in my in my opinion, here here in Texas. It's, oh, okay, cool. I, I gotta head over there, man. You know, like I, I was really thinking about going to South by this year, but uh, it just didn't work out. But maybe next year, man. I, I gotta head over there. Come on down. No, because I mean, because every I mean, when I was there, uh, I was with, hey man, let's go eat a McDonald's. Like, McDonald's, dude. What the hell is wrong with you? Uh, trust me, the Mexican food in San Antonio is awful. Huh? Well, I mean, dude, but the, no, you haven't you haven't tasted the the, the, the Mexican food here. <laughs> To me, it tasted phenomenal. Trust me, especially no. after after the direct that you eat here in the Mexican food wise. 
Well, you have all the cevicherias and stuff there. You don't have to. You have to I, I have. I have everything. I have. I have the Colombian food. I have the Argentine food. I have the Peruvian food. I have wow. the Caribbean food. I have you know the pupusas. I have everything except Mexican food. <laughs> everything, everything, everything except Mexican food. Can't, it's like you can't find good Mexican food in South Florida. That's funny. Do you think they would have at least one Mexican restaurant in that gigantic Televisa compound that's there? Uh, no, no, no. Actually, there's there's an Argentine bakery two blocks away. Is there? <laughs> How okay. funny. But, 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 the, but the Televisa and, and the Univision compound is, is in, in a neighborhood predominantly Venezuelan. So, is it? Yeah, well, that's yeah. Just leaving the airport and seeing this, this gigantic. Yeah, man, that, that's, that's, that's a Venezuelan neighborhood now. Okay. That's where all you know the Venezuelan expats live now. That's Doranzuela now. So, <laughs> well, to, to answer your question, at least what we did for the Confed Cup is, yeah. is we we always do like like post game, like immediately after the game. Oh, cool, cool, yeah. cool, man. But so we'll probably do that. And you know, I I mean, I'm I'm a World Cup junkie, so I'll probably do uh, you know. Uh, man, if they're, if they're in, and and I hope that if, if you can, I mean, hey. I, not that not that I'm trying to plug them or anything like that. There's there's a lot of good things that are going on as far as you know extra World Cup coverage, man. I mean, uh, what Sportsmax is going to be doing, and I'll probably uh, oh they've already announced it, so it's no big deal. They're they're setting up a World Cup channel, a channel exclusively dedicated to the World Cup, and on top of that, they have the rights to the World Cup in mobile. Oh really? Yep. So people can watch the World Cup on their on their cell phones throughout the Caribbean. So I mean. And if and if you can find it here, I mean, maybe you can you know find, try and sneak in a couple of matches. Well, they should uh, they should uh, you know post some of y'all's uh, like you know you know post you know whatever it is uh, clips. Like if you have a great goal call, you know post that. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, you know, are, are you doing are you doing play by play? Or are you doing? I'm doing I'm doing everything. I'm, I mean, I'm doing everything from from play by play to brewing coffee. You know, you know, and I'll probably even make some. You see, that's the thing that you guys don't have in San Antonio or in Texas. You don't have Cuban coffee now. You no, need to don't. get Cuban coffee. You need to get Cuban food. And then, then, then I'll we move have, over. We have we have one Cuban restaurant here in Austin. At least we used to. It's, it was in South Austin. I don't know if it's there anymore, but it was it was very good. I mean, hey, Boston. Austin's Austin's a pretty cool town. Plus, I have a couple of friends over in Dallas and in Houston. Yeah, man, uh, I gotta go head over there, man. You maybe I can hang out with you and Tim Ferriss over in in, in Austin. <laughs> Ferris? <laughs> yeah, he lives there now, man. That's funny. Yeah, he moved to Austin, man. So, so when, are you, when are you heading to uh, to Kingston to start your your, your prep? Um, probably oh, like four, five days before the World Cup because there's a lot of things that need to be recorded pre, you know, World Cup shows and rehearsals sure. and everything like that. You know, trying to sneak everything in so. Man, I'm, I'm hyped, man. I really am. I really am. It, it, it's, it, you know, it, it's a great time to be a football fan, man. It, it really is. It Where is. If you're not is. a football fan, it's a great time to become one. Yeah, the, the the first couple of weeks of the World Cup, it's like Christmas morning, every morning because you have a game on at seven o'clock in the morning or whatever it is. When the when the ones are over in Europe, it's just yeah, it's a it it, it is a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah no, I mean, if, if anyone who went to Brazil will tell you that that was just the perfect World Cup. It, it just, it, you know, I mean, just, you know, people would be up till six in the morning and then get up at 10 to go <laughs> and see what happened, you know, the day before. I mean, it was just sensational. I mean, I, it was, you know, I, that's why I'm so hyped up about, about going to Copa America next year. No, that, 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 yeah, that's going to be, uh, 
Well, uh, it'll be fun for it won't be fun for Mexico because Mexico's not going, but it will be fun for. Yeah, you, know, you, you guys suck, man. <laughs> you guys, you guys have to go. You know, hey, come was, on. I mean, they they love Mexico down there. Hey, it was uh, again. You know, it, it's not anything that we haven't uh, haven't discussed here on the podcast. That no, no, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's not it something that people were pissed about. It. They're like, what? what's wrong with the Gold Cup? But I but I understand. I mean, you know, if, if, if Confederations Cup is still around, somewhat, you know, kind of. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of like still on life support. You know, why not, you know, you know, why not try and win the gold cup and, and try and see if you can get to the, to the final one and see if it ends up happening. But I mean, it, it, it just, it's just not logistically convenient because then you end up having a gold cup that's, you know, diluted. And we saw, we saw it last time around with the Mexican national team, there wasn't that enthusiasm for, for Mexico that many would have, had to say Chicharito and Gio and, and the rest of the gang that would have been there would have played in that one. You probably would have seen absolutely filled stadiums everywhere. Sure. Well, that's, I mean, that's yeah, the, the topic for another day, but it's uh, you know, the, the one they do it every two years. It's what's, uh, it's what's going to happen. Juan yeah. Arango, thank you so much for joining us and, and have a, and good luck with all, with all your coverage that you're starting down with sports max in Kingston and, and, and safe travels down there and have a, have a great time. I'm, uh, Thank I'm you. Very, I'm, I'm very jealous. It's not like it's, it's, it's going to be a great. Well, game. dude, why don't you just fly over, man? We'll just hang oh, out yeah, a weekend. Let me, just, let me just hop on the plane, and I'll be. I'll be. Well, I'll be yeah. Come on, you're, you're the one. With, you're the one with the big bucks, so why not? <laughs> yes, you yes. Know, I, I have to be flown there. It's not like I can just jump on a plane and go. You know, right? You, you, you can do that. I wish I could. I wish. I could. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. No, seriously, have a uh, have, have a bunch of great shows and a great month, and uh, and, and, and and enjoy every minute of it. You too, man. You thank you so much for having me on, and uh, I really appreciate it. And best of luck to you guys, man. Best of luck to Mexico too, and uh, hope you guys kick some ass. All right, thanks, Juan. Thank you, thank you, Juan. All right, All right man. All right, take care, guys. Have a good one. Cheers. Juan Arango joining us here in the Cantina Mickey's podcast was uh, very enlightening, as uh, as our as our guests usually are. We've had good luck with guests. Over the past, uh, over the past couple of months while we've done these previews. So really appreciate Juan coming on. Any, any, any of you, anybody, you boys have thoughts on anything that Juan said? Yeah, I want to get, I want to get Mexico back into Libertadores. Well, I mean, I mean, the last year that they played Libertadores, Chiquis, it was Pumas, right? And, and, and we were, and we were talking about it. We were talking about it because it was during, it was the first year we had the show. And and the previous time that Pumas had been in the in the Libertad, they were terrible. I mean, they they lost all six of the group. I mean, they was it was it was an embarrassing. Yeah. And this time, they need to figure out. I mean, uh, Mexico just needs to send the best, like the the winner of the last. Yeah, that that's gonna be difficult, given that Concacaf wants, you know, the the top league. They want the champions for for their tournament, so it, it's pretty difficult to do that. But, but I wanted to comment on, and he said, just the level of passion over there for the tournament, or you know, just how much they value it. And I was I was in uh, in Asuncion in 2013, and I was I was in a taxi, and the guy asked me what my team was, and I, I said Guadalajara, you know, thinking he wasn't gonna know, and. He still remembered, man. He he still remembered that Chivas team. Yes. Yes. 
he tried to fight you? No, no, no. He was, you know, I, I think you know. Paraguayos have always been welcome in in Mex. So was I think he was he, he an Olympia an, an Olympia man? I forgot, dude. To be honest, I forgot. Come on, Joel. Well, there was, you know, because I asked him because all the taxis over there they had, they'll have like a banner it's, it's or whatever. Hanging, exactly, it's hanging from their from their yes, rear he mirror. Didn't have one, and he's like, "What's well, the neighborhood I work in?" He's like, "If I put my team, they're gonna start pelting me with rocks." <laughs> so I was like, "Oh, all right, makes sense." Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and and also I was in Buenos Aires, you know, and and one of the host families I would stay with sometimes. Big Boca Junior fans, and they remember that Chivas team, you know. And uh, it's, it's, so yeah, it's like <laughs> so yeah, it 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 sucks, you know, that we don't value those tournaments. We don't we don't make a big stink out of that. Yeah, it really we don't seem to care. I I will give credit to Pumas though. I mean, they they came within. Uh, Penalty kicks are making the semifinals. They lost the penalty kicks in the quarterfinals, so they obviously took the tournament extremely seriously. It was it was the last good display that Pumas had, and that was that was what going on now two years ago. So it's been it's been a while since we've seen uh, Pumas Pumas do well. So Quan uh, pretty much expects Colombia to kind of well, looks like sounds like waltz through the the group there in Group H. So. I don't think there's really um didn't say that there was any pushback from, from a lot of y'all, so seems like seems like you guys are probably in agreement with that. Yeah, I, I could I agree with his assessment. Now the question is, do they have are they gonna have the capacity because they 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 should make the uh I mean I think especially like I think they can beat Belgium. Pretty handily. I don't know if they. I mean, at least England. I think is going to be much a little bit more of a toss up. So they, in essence, they should make the uh, the quarterfinals where they'll either play, you know, Mexico or, uh, or Germany. No, what are you talking about again? <laughs> so they'll, they'll play either, in all likelihood, either Brazil or Germany. Oh, jeez. You know, and I do want to make one clarification because I've been. I must have seen the bracket wrong when when we first did our our things, because for the whole time since the the the, the December draw, I thought that that A B C and D were on one half of the bracket and then E E F G and H were on the other, but it turns out that the and then that is the case through the quarterfinals, but on the semis, then they 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 they, they mix those boxes up. So if if Brazil and Germany both finish first in their group. I thought they'd meet in the semis. No, actually, they can only meet. If that is the case, they would only meet in the final. So uh, I've actually been, I've actually been, I've uh, been, been making okay about that. So uh, uh, for the whole time, this whole past six months, I thought that they would meet in the semifinals. Notice that uh, just the other day. So again, it would either be Brazil, it would be Brazil or Germany. In all likelihood, it would be who Colombia would face in the quarterfinals. And uh, you know, with the fact that they have so much uh, experience, and they have one of the better strikers in the world, and what seems like a, a pretty solid defensive pairing, they might have a really good chance to to, to to be that team to that that surprise team to make it to the semis, Colombia. 
I mean, I know that Germany and Brazil are good, but I think that they're, they're I mean, they're still beatable. I mean, it's not like, you know, they're, they're going to just kill everybody five, six, nothing. Nil. I, I think, well, it would be a huge surprise if they were to, to get past either of those teams, I think. Well, how big of a surprise would it be? I mean, would it be that? I mean, I mean, yeah, it would be an upset, but I mean, is it really that much of an upset? Seems like the these teams seem to rise to the top, whether by their own skill and team play, or by refs and other types of decisions. I just I just think back at the game they lost to Brazil the last time and uh, how things went. Yeah, the refs were making sure that uh, Brazil was going to win that game. It seemed like. Yeah. And and, Brazil, and and like I said, I mean, because of that, Brazil was so. I mean, they were just hacking away. I mean, just Colombia couldn't do anything because every time they have their foot on the ball, they just just tear them to pieces, just cut them down. It's awful. Very unfortunate. Okay, so 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 and, and so so then they would be that surprise. They would they could they would be a surprise semifinal team by by definition of. So it should it would be a huge surprise then. I think you surprise semifinal. Well, what were the. The uh, round of 16 is England and who else? England, Belgium, uh, or or Tunisia or Panama. Yeah, I think that I think Colombia can get through those those guys. Yeah, that would not be a surprise if they beat either of those two teams at all. So so the bigger surprise would then, no, no granted it wouldn't be like as big a surprise if say Mexico beat, you know, uh, Brazil or Germany in the quarterfinal. That would be a, a massive surprise. And I'm going to say this because Mexico hasn't advanced that far, you know, ever in a tournament. That's what would make that. So. I'm going to make a prediction. I think in the, I think I've mentioned it before, but like in every World Cup, it seems there's one mistake either by the coach. Actually, it's by the coach has made one mistake that has cost Mexico. Are you going to make, make make the prediction of the actual mistake, or just saying no, that the prediction? I'm just saying that the yeah, I'm looking forward mistake. to seeing what that mistake is that Osorio does. You're looking forward to that? Well, I'm not looking forward, but I'm I'm interested in seeing what that. So you're already expecting it. I'm expecting it. it eight man rotation. Because I, I think it wasn't in a game, and it wasn't really like a big deal. But like the question of taking out Guard. Uh, no, Aguirre he took out Ramon Morales. Well, that, yeah, that was before. Okay, he, he took out Ramon Morales. Then his second time around, he didn't put in Guardado or something, right? Or well, he didn't. I mean, he didn't do that. And then he also, uh, like, like, like Medina was playing really well. The whole Ochoa Boneco thing was. Yeah, that one you know. that, that didn't really cost anything, but. And then, uh, and then Herrera with the uh, bunker, and then I forget what else. I must have skipped the World Cup. I don't remember. Yeah, we sh- it'll be it'll be interesting. So it's 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 like when you're reading the you're in high school, you have to read all the Shakespeare plays. And you have to like find you know what what's the climax of the you know what, 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 what's the one decision in the play that that, that that changes things from here on out. And you're thinking that that's that the Mexico coach is going to make that fatal mistake. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go through the through the um, lineup. I'm out. All right, Ron. Thanks for joining us. Are you kicking Ron out of a Starbucks? <laughs> <All right. laughs> you need to buy something, Ron. 
Um, oh. I'm going so, through the list. Uh, I say if you're a Starbucks, you have to buy something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just go in there for their bathroom. and. Oh, hey, by, by the way, by the way, uh, uh, Mauro Icardi from, from Argentina, do you guys think he was left off because of... Uh, oh, yes. Pito loco. <laughs> but 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 specifically, it was it was with another player's wife, right? Yeah, he married her though. It's the gentleman thing. It oh. was Maxi. It's a Maxi Maximiliano Lopez. Yeah, because I was I was reading that. Uh, I was reading that you know Maxi Lopez is really good friends with uh, with Messi, and that apparently Messi didn't want him in there. I mean, obviously, it's but, in the United but don't know how true that is. But, but also, she's like a player agent. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's another thing where they just didn't want her around. Good Lord. Yeah. Well, you know, again, the, the, the way I feel about that is, I mean, I know that it wasn't, like, the greatest team ever, but just look at how awful USA was in France 98. Oh, and yeah. It, and it all stemmed from a similar situation, so. England and yeah. France, too. Yeah. Oh, that's right. With John Terry and, and, and yeah. Uh-huh. So I mean, this has happened before, yeah. and, and it's and the, you know the, the 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 teams that don't cut the head of the snake. Uh, so, so so you wouldn't have taken them, John, either. You think that was you wouldn't have taken them either? Well, I mean, uh, if uh, I mean if it, if, if it's going to cause a major locker room problem, then no. Yeah, I would. Uh, I wouldn't. I mean, and, and plus, I mean, no offense, but Argentina can. Can afford to not take them. So, who would you not take, like Icardi or Maxi Lopez? Assuming that both were good enough to be on the team. And no. which one uh, is Messi's best friend, Maxi Lopez? So the other guy's yeah. got to go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but assuming they weren't Messi's friend, uh, Messi's best friend, who, who would you take? The the, the uh, you know Maxi, Maxi or Icardi? Oof. A tough question. Because I mean, cause, cause at one point you got to think, okay, well, you got to be must be the alpha male. Yeah. You know. <laughs> this is what I would do, man. <laughs> I would, I would do this. I would, I would take them both if they're both worthy. I'd say get over your feelings and, yeah. and let's play and let's play the game. This isn't, this is a, a soccer game and a team sport. You don't need to have all this out, out of the extra kind of stuff going on. Oh, speaking of extra cancha, Ronaldinho, I read he was supposed to marry two women. That's pretty badass. <laughs> At the same time, right? At the same time. That's how they're getting it. Like something that would have happened on Boogie Nights. <laughs> Hashtag me too. And El Trataoni de Tepito. If you guys saw the 98 World Cup, they were doing like profiles with the families and then they showed his wife. So he had married her when they were teenagers, and you could just tell she wasn't gonna last, man. Nothing against her, but <laughs> this guy, this guy was on top of the Mexi world, and, and his wife just was maybe uh, just not not that attractive. Yeah, but anyway, to answer your question, Ron, about what would, what would I take of the two? I mean, if I could only take one, because if the other one wouldn't cut, then I would take the one that, that that can help me win win games more. And if that's Ikari, then I would take Ikari. But the whole messy thing, you know, you gotta keep, you know, you gotta keep Leo, Leo happy. So. That's true. 
But then he's having Maxi Lopez on the team. It, 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 it's like that guy that uh, remember when Dennis? Well, not that I'm comparing Messi to Rodman, but it was it was that guy like Jack Haley, whatever it was that was the the guy to keep Rodman happy on the team. I remember vaguely about that. I, I... Yeah. So that's what I would do there. Well, Ron, it was good to have you on, man. I know that uh, we've missed you the past couple of weeks. It's always very convenient when America falls apart that that that, that Ron doesn't uh, doesn't call in. But but it, but it, but but if 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 they won, you bet you you know you, you bet your ass Ron would have been on the show. There's no question. Nah, There's no question. Nah. See, you say nah. that every time, and every time, every time it happens. I think you came on after the loss, right? No, yeah, I think I so. Think, I don't think so. Did I? I was surprised that you have to go back to the tape. No, because we didn't, we didn't get to play the stat flute or anything for him. So yeah, because sure normally I know. post that picture of you know uh, I'm in my room alone crying. Don't bother me. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Like assault, assault audio clip related to salt. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that. It's like that picture that Hoyle posted. This is the picture of the the Dead Sea, the saltiest <laughs> place on Earth. What was it called? Sick, sick and lonely to your salty ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. Well, gentlemen, do we uh, do, do we have? Uh, oh, we, 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 before we go, we should probably talk at least a little bit about the, about the Champions League final. That's this this uh, this this weekend in Kiev between Liverpool, Liverpool and Real Madrid, two of the of, of really of, of the of the royal families in 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 European well in world soccer, European soccer specifically. And uh I just don't see Liverpool doing enough to to, to take it from Real Madrid. I think Real Madrid is gonna win and gonna win pretty comfortably. I think they'll win like two, maybe even three one. So this will be their third straight champions. It would be yeah it'd be the third straight away they would be the first team to, to, to do that since the tournament became the Champions League. But they would be the fourth team to do it overall when it was, you know, the European Cup, and they've done it. I mean, they won five five in a row to start the whole thing, and then the Ajax did it, uh, and then uh, did it both in the seventies. And Liverpool's won it twice a few times too. So, you know, Liverpool has their Liverpool's won this thing too. So it's not like they're a pushover. I mean, this is, you know, there there is a lot of history uh, going on. <coughs> Between these two teams, but I do think that uh, that at the end, I think Brown, uh, uh, Liverpool's defense is just too porous, and you know, with with the guys that Real Madrid has, you you can't have a defense like that and think that you're gonna win. So I I think Real Madrid is gonna win it pretty easily. My my personal opinion. I agree. If uh, Cristiano wins it, where do you rank them all time? Uh, I mean you. I think I think if he wins this one, I think you could rank him as Mr. Real Madrid more than Di Stefano. I mean, his 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 statistics are are God, man, they're amazing. No, I mean it is impressive, and uh, yeah, and Di Stefano would probably be the first one to agree with you. I mean, he really, I mean, just these last three years, you know, specifically, you know, in his thirties, no less. I mean, it's not like he's doing this, you know, at twenty five, twenty six. He's doing this what at, at thirty one, thirty two, thirty three. I mean, it really, and and he's been. The, the level of consistency that he's shown, even in, in the Manchester United days, 
to now is is, is phenomenal. To so to be that good for that long is yeah. is really impressive. Uh, I I mean I, I, even even honestly, if he wins this, even without a World Cup win, I think I think. He just he just nudges Picolin off the off the. He does have a, a European. I, I mean, I, I, honestly, yeah, he does. He does have a European Championship, which to me I think puts him in that category of Pelé and, and Maradona. And, you know, and I I would sometimes say that that winning an Eurocopa is a little harder than winning the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so. like I said, it's when you look at the statistics. Like, I mean, I, I always see these, you know, Messi. Ronaldo's uh, stats, but I mean, Messi's been with them since what he was what 17, 16 or something like that. Yeah, he really didn't start playing until uh, he was like nineteen or seventeen. Right? Yeah, till like two thousand five, two thousand six. Right. Yeah, yeah. But it's just, it, I mean, I get tend to wonder what Ronaldo would have like his numbers looked like if he would have been like if he would have just never gone to Manchester and, and gone straight to uh, Real Real because I mean his numbers, dude, his. His goal to game ratio is just amazing. No, it's uh, it's it's very it's very private. It's almost as 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 high as Omar Bravo. It really is. <laughs> yeah, so all time QS goal scorer. That's right. That's right. It, it took like fifty years to. You know, and again, you know, he's probably going to score on Saturday. And he's going to take his shirt off, and again, it's like, dude, you know, chickies were like that. You're making a lot of money. Why don't you go to the gym and put a put a little meat on those bones because. You know, all you see is his rib cage. You know, it's Jurgen Dam. Oh, yeah. You know, has 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 better physique and form than Ronaldo. I mean, seriously, go to a gym, dude. Him and Pulido. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, gentlemen, uh, do we uh, do we have any? Does anyone else need to conch for anything, or, or can we go ahead and wrap it up? Yeah, no, we've, we've said it all now. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. we'll go ahead and wrap it up then. Uh, the, this has been the, the Cantina Mickey's podcast, and we do thank our guest, Juan Arango, for coming on. And again, just to recap, uh, he uh, expects uh, Colombia to, to win Group H pretty easily. Uh, and it sounded like he was uh, leading for leading on Poland to, to, to take this, the second spot, and then he expects uh, Colombia to at least make the quarterfinals. So that's where... Uh, the conclusion of our group previews lands us. Uh, Joel, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you, John. Always a pleasure. And Ron, as always, uh, thanks for hopping on. It's uh, good, good to uh, hear from you again. Did Profe Camio Reyes show up? No, the, the, the Profe that came on was Profe, Profe Juan Arango. Ah, Profe Juan Arango. Okay, cause yeah. I just wanted to congratulate uh, Profe Camio Reyes for his team winning. Because hey, Santos technically are Rayado. You know, they also oh, have yeah. Rayado. That's right. So... Right, no, 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 Joel. When, 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 when Chepo was was uh, coaching Santos, he was Cambiarayas Cuadrado because the, the Rayas did turn a little bit. <laughs> That's true. He oh, turned ninety man. degrees, so he was Cambiarayas Cuadrado. But uh, briefly, briefly. Yeah. The Chickies, thanks for hopping on. Yeah, thanks, good stuff. Yeah, no, it was it was a great show, and we do appreciate y'all for joining us here on the Cantina Mexicana podcast. My name is John Jagu. Uh, we will talk to you guys again next week. Again, you can listen to this in our previous editions of the podcast from the podcast center on iTunes. And uh, please follow us on Twitter and on Facebook. And uh, you can certainly uh, listen to this in our previous editions on YouTube as well. Thanks very much. We'll talk to you again next week.